0: Uh, This is Mike Costa, writer of Cobra, and you're listening to Star Joes.
1: From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. the mighty battle cat and i became he-man the most powerful man in the universe
0: Welcome to Star Joe's Podcast, episode 133 a Cornucopia of Suck. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm Robert. And welcome back, everyone. Yes, this is one of our Suck episodes. <laughs> and, the
2: Suckiest.
0: <laughs> and what that means, for those of you guys that are maybe new to the show, because we have been getting a lot of new listeners, which is just awesome, uh, is a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, <laughs> uh, Chuck and I did an episode where... Uh, We were supposed to review comics, and a lot of times we named our episodes after uh, a line from the comics. And that episode we pulled from a G.I. Joe comic, and there was a line that Beachhead had said that he's going to embrace the suck because he had to go up against, like, some insurmountable number of uh, enemies and everything else, and someone asked him, well, what are you going to do? And he goes, I'm going to embrace the suck. So we titled the episode Embrace the Suck. However, during that episode, we ended up talking about almost everything except the comics. (laughs) (laughs)
1: What? You guys?
0: What? We went on some weird tangent, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So ever since then, we've started naming episodes where we talk about just general news and go off on tangents and everything else, suck episodes, and try to come up with clever names. And this episode, the reason I picked Cornucopia is not only because, you know, Thanksgiving's coming up and all that uh, in November, but also because there's just going to be so much crammed into this episode. <laughs> yeah, there's,
2: we got a lot to go over. So Yeah,
0: and there's going to be some elements of some other shows that we've done in the past in this episode. To give you an example, we're going to talk a little bit about some stuff coming up in previews. And Robert and I both, I think, agreed that um, – Having previews as its own separate episode probably is not going to work for how dysfunctional we are.
2: Yeah, we. It, 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 no matter how short we try to keep it, it was kind of just too long of a show for us just to be reading out of previews what's coming up. So, right. I mean, obviously anybody can pick up a previews and do that themselves. And there wasn't just enough to kind of – one, we just didn't have the self-restraint to keep it to 15 minutes or less, you know. <laughs> Right, uh, that's impossible. So don't expect that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not only that, but we also realized that we couldn't get together for those episodes on a regular well, yeah. monthly basis. <laughs>
2: yeah, that's a big part of it too. And well, well, okay. So, and you, when you get your previews, do you get it through DCBS?
0: Yes. Yeah.
2: And then you get it for the next month, right?
0: I get it for the next month. I yeah. get it. So, like, I'll get uh, at the end of this month. I will get January's previews. Uh, so. Okay. That's it comes comes out yep. in November, and then it'll be for January stuff that's coming yeah. out.
2: See, I don't have a regular DCBS order. I typically get stuff through in-stock trades, and I might get an occasional DCBS right. item. So I wasn't getting the previous catalog, catalog on a regular basis. I would go to my local shop and try and grab theirs, but theirs were always behind. So.
0: Yeah. So what we'll basically do is when there's previews to talk about and everything else, uh, we'll – bring them up during just a regular episode uh we don't know what episodes they'll be but it'll be its own segment basically so we've taken some segments from shows and made them their own shows this is where we're taking a show and making it a segment
2: right yes we'll just be very quickly spotlighting yeah and and i'll do my best to keep my mouth shut besides just a little (laughs) if, if i have any kind of color commentary i'll keep it brief and so we don't go on and on about it but We'll just make it a small segment, I think that yeah. works best.
0: Yeah, I can't guarantee it'll be a small segment, but it'll be a segment. It, um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so with that, let's go ahead and just jump right into a lot of the news and a lot of things going on out there. So uh, first thing I wanted to, to touch on was, Robert, you were just recently at New York Comic Con.
2: Yes, it was. Uh, I mean, as you would expect, it was a huge show. This year they did even more attendance than San Diego. Wow. So it, it is officially become the largest comic convention in the western hemisphere. I mean, it's just enormous. Um there's I think a, as far as I heard it was 175,000 people came over the course of the weekend.
0: That's what I heard too, yeah.
2: And it was um Thursday, initially, I think this is the sixth year they've had it. And I only missed the first year. I've been there each year since. Wow. Okay. Um and it's been neat to see how it grows. The first year had like 30,000 people um and you know, they hadn't Got enough floor space for the show, and there's like fire marshals there and everything. The second year they expanded. Each year they've expanded and have sold out, and so they're at now max capacity of the convention's hall. I mean, it's they use every square foot of this place, and um and so that that's as ma- it'll never attendance will never go higher than it is because that's a, the same thing with right. San Diego. That's just as many people as you can they fit can't in that fit place.
0: Fit anymore, right? Yeah.
2: And it's just especially Saturday, you get human traffic jams. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're, uh, in the smallest little thing will hold it up. Like, you'll get into an intersection between, uh, vendors on the show floor and just traffic just locks up and stops around you and you're stuck there for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, wow. it's not a short thing sometimes, you know, and right. you're like, well, what's the hold up? And it's just somebody taking a picture of a cosplayer three rows down <laughs>
1: wow. and, and it just,
2: you know, stops everything. So they're, you know, they, there's a lot of like traffic control stuff that they're always trying to keep on top of and and for the most part they do a really good job and um the show itself so it was just crazy busy and yeah and um what i i think uh two years ago they made artist alley its own separate hall and the artist alley is as big as the baltimore comic-con or heroes con or something like that the show floor of the artist alley is the same size wow as any other convention and the thing is it's also the artist alley there is juried so I have to send in an application with examples of my work and a list of what I worked on to get
0: accepted to be qualified. Yeah.
2: To, yeah, to be qualified to pay them five hundred bucks for a table.
0: You know? <laughs> so I was like, "All right, all right, Could you're gonna you we'll take my money." Pay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh please, so, I'm uh, begging you to take my money.
2: <laughs> oh man, and even the next, the next uh, highest amount for a table is at C2E2, which is run by the same people. Yeah. Right? It's run by the same company, and that's four hundred bucks a table. Wow. After that, the next highest is maybe three. So New York is going yeah. you know, to really get you.
0: Well, and it, I, actually, I actually remember hearing on, um, I think it was on DC Noise, I heard Daryl Taylor say that even though this year was more crowded, it was more organized this year than, than last year was. He said last yeah. year was too hectic and too congested. So
2: I, th- I think, you know, they the, the thing is, what I've loved about the show is that they, they're they learning, they take it, they take uh, surveys of everybody who sets up at the show at the end of the show, or, or email you later, and everything I've mentioned, and I've, I'm sure other people have mentioned, they they take into account and, and adjust for. So they
0: That's good. So They
2: take feedback and learn and grow from it. There's a lot of shows that don't. And, and oh yeah. They they know how they, they know what they're doing. I mean, it's probably the best uh, company. It's being run by Reed Pop. Okay. Is the name of the convention, but they do conventions for. Not just comics, but all kinds of stuff all year round.
0: And the thing is, too, I mean, if they didn't take into consideration that feedback and at least listen to it, even if they felt that after reading it, they go, yeah, that's just not going to work for us or whatever. If they didn't at least do that, the show could really turn into a nightmare. Um,
2: Well, and I think, honestly, it's unfortunate, but that's what happened to a lot of the wizard shows. that Huge in the 90s and early 2000s that just really dropped off. Right, and they still have those shows, and and they're and they're still good for what they are, but they're not at all what they used to be.
0: Yeah, and they and unfortunately they have a bad reputation too, and they're not all bad shows. I mean, I've heard people going to Wizard shows and they say they had a great time, and then I've heard people go to other Wizard shows and they're like it was horrible. So, yeah. um, so you just you just never know um, with that, but unfortunately they have developed a bad reputation for themselves. I know. So.
2: Well, and then so th- this show in particular, um, they're. I didn't have as many cosplayers come by the table, like as usual. Um, I'm sure they were out there. I just didn't see quite as many G.I. Joe cosplayers this year. Um, There was uh, uh, Sergeant Slaughter was there. I got to meet him. Nice. So he had his own booth, and I talked to him for a bit, which was cool.
0: Oh, so the actual Sergeant Slaughter.
2: Oh, yeah, not a cosplayer. The dude. (laughs) Okay. Slaughter, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and then... um, which is funny because he lives like in uh, North Carolina.
0: Okay.
2: And one of the guys I, that is in my studio, I never heard this story before, but he went into a bar that was like in a town, not right in Greensboro area, but fairly close. Right. And he was in a bar and with some friends and looks over and he goes, Man, that that dude looks exactly like Sergeant Slaughter. <laughs> and then the guy sitting at the, the bartender was like, That is Sergeant Slaughter. And they're like, Whoa. <laughs> and so he was just like,
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Know, there
2: with some buddies, you know, having his own drink and stuff. And he's like, That's amazing. So
0: See, yeah. I would casually walk up to him and like sit down and like place my phone there and hit the record button on my phone and just start talking to him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Informal interview. I would right. I would I would order him some a bowl of meatballs <laughs> and uh say, and hey, go tell him it's for me. And then like the... <laughs> 'cause
0: I'm pretty 'cause I'm pretty sure that in order to get Sergeant Slaughter on the show, we probably would have to pay. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. <laughs>
2: He was, he was a nice guy, but yeah.
0: Um, oh, I'm sure he's a g- very nice guy. And, yeah. and that's the thing. I And I don't mean to make it sound like it's a bad thing there. It's just, I mean, that's how he makes his living at yeah, exactly. At this point is he, you have to pay him for a lot of stuff. Um, and that's how a lot, of, there's a lot of celebrities out there like that. And that doesn't mean that they're jerks about it. It's just, that's how no, they that's to their, their livelihood. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So, um, and then I did, um, yeah, I had a lot of commissions to do and, you know, uh, I had, uh, yeah, so it was a good show for me as far as being there and setting up. Um, I had a great chance to talk to the guys at IDW, and I did a signing for G.I. Joe, which um, the only thing I'd worked on in a while was the cover for the New right. York Comic-Con exclusive. Right. So they had me um, there. So I talked to Mike Costa for quite a bit, and um, I'm actually going to be going to a convention this coming week um, in Malta, which he's going to be at also, so I'll be talking awesome. to him very cool. But, um. But yeah, I, t- I got to talk to John Barber and a few of the other IDW guys about some potential projects this coming year. So, hopefully, cool. some things well, will happen.
0: We'll see. Not, that, not that I wouldn't be able to reach out to him myself, but when you see Costa again, just let him know that since he is going to be working on the Snake Eyes thing, that I will probably be sending him an email to get him on the show to talk about the uh, that title once it starts and everything. So
2: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because I thought about bringing him out, asking him if he would want to come on ahead of time, but... Then I run into the the issue we had when we were when I interviewed Karen Travis, which it was no fault of hers. But she couldn't really disclose a whole lot because even the first issue hadn't been out yet. Yeah. So I figure at least if I wait till the first issue comes out uh, and interview him, then uh, and we've had him on a few times. And like I said, he, he seems to love coming on. So, yeah. Uh, so uh, but, yeah, put a little whisper in his ear. Say, hey, you know.
2: I will definitely do that. And then, um, I got to see, uh, Juan Castro, too, who is my inker on awesome. Snake Guys. Um, he, he lives in Tijuana, so he was able to make it and get all his paperwork ready so that he could, uh, you know, get a visa. And...
0: Yeah, cause he had a problem for a long time where he couldn't come.
2: Yeah, it was. He, I mean, it was like, well, I mean, cause to do it, I think he had, he'd had to get a work visa. Right. Um, and then just trying to get that to apply to a freelancer was tough. And so I, I don't know if he, how he worked around that, but, he was able to get it all taken care of. So this was the first convention he was able to do at the show. That's awesome. And I wish I would have had been able to meet with him more or hang out with him more. Yeah. Um, him and the DC noise crew, they were all right. Uh, able to do stuff. But I, um, I had a lot of like, cause I teach with the comics experience and a right. number of other things. So we had business meetings or dinners that things that I had to do, but right. It was a, it was a really good show. I got to, you know, me and Elaine got to hang out the whole weekend, which was always fun. And that's always fun. Oh, and then do you know, uh, Stefani Rue mm. He's um he's done a lot of the Harley Quinn oh, okay. shoes and covers. He's kind okay. of uh he has kind of an animated style to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah. He I actually roomed with him in New oh, York. Oh really? Um and he is a fantastic guy. Like he is so awesome. He's so much fun. He's a he's a French guy, he's probably in his like mid forties, I'd expect. Um okay. but one of his first jobs, he went to an animated animated animation school in France. And one of his first jobs was working for Disney France, and he animated on the Goofy movie. Okay. And and then and so I was like, "Well, you worked on I love that movie." <laughs> so we were like, <laughs> "I'm talking about it." But um, and then he got into comics, you know, five or six years ago. Right. And, uh, but I was it was cool to get to know him, and that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, now that I mean, once you mentioned like what he worked on, and everything else, I was like, oh, OK, I know who that is now because the name sounded vaguely familiar. But yeah,
2: he's done. Um, he does a lot of cover work. He's he done yeah. fill in stuff. And he, right now he's on like a Harley Quinn kind of regular thing.
0: Yep. Yep. So um, and uh, well, Chuck and I were at the uh, Ohio Toy and Comic Show.
2: Yeah, I didn't realize you guys were going to have so much stuff. You guys had a ton of things.
0: Yeah, so (laughs) uh, (laughs) I didn't realize we were going to have so much stuff either. (laughs) (laughs) So basically what happened was uh, our buddies uh, Aaron uh, and his wife Sarah and uh, another friend Ken, which is his cousin, Mm -hmm. they run Roma Collectibles. Yeah. And just great guys. I mean, definitely check them out uh, on their website. I think it's just romacollectibles.com You can Google it and find it, but they're like probably the most fair prices. They go to a lot of shows. So especially in the Ohio area or neighboring States, but they'll also travel mm-hmm. quite a bit, like to a lot of other areas to set up. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I like keep they're trying, at
2: Joe Con in Indianapolis. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And, and I keep trying to talk them into going to Baltimore, and they said it's on the radar. So, yeah. um, But they're just great guys. I mean, we've known them for, God, it has to be four years now at least. Um, and we, where we met them at, uh, well, I met Ken because, or I knew of Ken because of the Geek Savants. And he listened to them, and I listened to them, and we would hear, he was known as uh, Ken Diesel, on right. their show. And I was known as Royal Lantern. And so we kind of knew each other that way. And then we first met at Super Show the one year. And that was the year before right. you came.
1: Yeah,
0: And uh, so we met them there. And I met Aaron there. And we started talking and hanging out. And I think I actually gave them a drive back to their hotel or something like that that night. So we became fast friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so we'll um, get
2: into that again.
0: <laughs> that was a huge hit in the last episode. Oh by the way, uh, we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah, maybe uh, because we have a voicemail too. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um so like I said, we just became friends, and then we st- we learned about their business and everything else, and. Uh, we got to see them at like the Columbus toy show and things like that. So like I said, just a great bunch of guys and really solid business and, and just like fair. And that's the thing I like about them. They're, they're good guys and they're fair with their prices and they're fair with what they have. And they have a lot of stock available, which is all also the other thing that I like. So, um, and I actually bought off of them. Aaron does custom work sometimes and he took, uh, was it chief Carnivus from the, um, uh, the master universe classic line mm-hmm. and he re he customized him into the pirate lion from battle beasts whoa it is the most epically awesome looking figure and he puts it right back in the packaging oh wow and he created a label that said battle Beast on it and put that in there and everything. oh my
2: gosh i'm gonna have it, to I, i've been looking for somebody to do a, a custom a few custom jobs for me so
0: yeah, definitely reach yeah. out to him because I'm yeah. sure – I know he has a lot of fun with it. Uh, at the Ohio Toy and Comic Show, it was their fir- uh, if I understand right, it was their first year doing it. But what he had there was a Black Series Stormtrooper mm-hmm. painted up like Deadpool. <laughs> and it was done so well that I walked past, and you know what the Black Series boxes look like, yeah. of course. So also I look over, and I see a red Stormtrooper just out of the corner of my eye, and I was like, did they do a – Red Stormtrooper. Oh, so like, he
2: thought it was like an official.
0: Right. So I walk over and I look at it and then I realize it's a Deadpool uh, paint uh, paint job on it. So I was like, that is awesome. And I almost bought it. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm here for. And, it, and I didn't buy it. And then guess who bought it at the next toy show that he went to?
1: Who? Travis. <laughs>
0: Our buddy Travis. He sent me a picture. He was like, look what I picked up. I was like, you bastard. <laughs> but he's a bigger Deadpool fan than I am. I'm not yeah. a huge fan of the character. So I was like, I was okay with it. Right. Um, but yeah, he does an amazing job. So this was their first year of doing it, of doing the convention to my knowledge. And, uh, so they just asked us, Hey, would you guys like a table? You could promote the show and you guys can sell some stuff if you'd like and everything else. And I was like, yeah, that'd be fantastic. And, uh, Chuck definitely had some stuff to sell and I had some stuff to sell. And so we were like, all right, let's go. So, uh, Chuck and his girlfriend, uh, came and then our buddy, Nick came who you're familiar with. Yeah. So we all packed into my car with all of our stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Which was
2: in your car. It all fit in my car and all you guys
0: and all of us. Yes. (laughs) It was a amazing Tetris feat that I did. (laughs) So, um, so we get there and, uh, Found out that at the show, he hand-selected all the vendors. Oh,
1: wow.
0: Because he knew they were all people he could rely on to be there.
1: Right.
0: Because, of course, some shows, you you know, someone says, oh, I'll be there, and then they don't show up or whatever. Yeah. So, so we get there, and we start setting up, and we realize we just have a ton of stuff. <laughs> uh, so I actually brought, like, this makeshift uh, shelf unit that I had in my basement that I was planning on throwing out anyways, and I had disassembled it and then reassembled it there. Well, that didn't hold up as sturdy when you reassembled it oh, okay. because we piled everything on it. And then I went to go look at something and someone else wanted to look at something. And all of a sudden the thing just fell over with all of our stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 and luckily God. it was before the show started. And there was these really awesome guys behind us that had a, um, an extra plastic a stand type thing oh, and they right. asked us if we'd like to use it and we we're like sure so we set the one i brought up back up and didn't put as much stuff on it and then we set theirs up and put some stuff on it and that worked out perfectly Right. Cool. they gave us a front and center table wow. which is so
2: like right as you come
0: in as soon as you came in you saw us Wow, that's
2: cool
0: which was very cool um so we wanted to or i wanted to at least do a show while we were there like an episode with chuck and me and you know, yeah. stuff. Unfortunately, we were so busy, we didn't have time to do a show. <laughs> right, you are so, just running the table. Right. That's hard so,
2: work, isn't it? It is. Just, <laughs> so you're just constantly talking to people. And yeah, constantly talking to people.
0: Yep, and we may have gotten some new listeners. I had flyer. My wife helped me design a flyer. Yeah, I
2: like those. Those look good.
0: Yeah, and I've got plenty of extras for future shows and everything. And uh, So we talked to some people about the show and put flyers in their bags and stuff like that. Um, the things that sold the most though, and, and this is nothing, this is not a bad thing. It's just the type of show it is admission was free. So people, so people came and they were able to just come in, which was a smart move. However, that did bring a lot of the, uh, people that don't want to spend a lot of money or aren't expecting to spend a lot of money.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so the stuff that sold the best for me was the comic books that I brought, which I was selling at 50 cents a piece or three for a dollar. Mm hmm. Um, and my loose action figures. Yeah. I, I did not sell one action figure that was carded and most of those were at $10 a piece and they and were good. Wow, action. What? They were good action figures and none of them sold.
2: Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Every show is a little different, right? Yeah. So th- that, that's the thing is when that's the only downside to doing free admission Right, Because you you think, oh, well, then that allows them to spend more money on the show floor. But instead, actually, what it does is it makes people coming in, they just want either s- small, quick impulse buys. They're looking more yeah. for like swap meet yeah. type mentality as opposed to a convention show where you're going there to find hard-to-find items you can't find at the store. But you're willing right. to spend money for it. I mean, that's right. two very different mentalities.
0: Yep. And I even put – about halfway during the show, I even put on one of the signs. I actually wrote underneath the price saying $10 a piece unless otherwise marked i put prices are negotiable
1: <laughs> oh
2: my gosh see if i had been to that show i, I probably would have bought you out it's ridiculous right <laughs> so i can i can't resist that yeah oh, like if someone came
0: up to me and said this is $10 would you take 7 i would have gave it to him for 7 i would have ah! been <laughs> Oh my
2: gosh. We gotta work out some deals outside of the show. I'm telling
0: I know, you. I know. Um Well so. that's
2: like I say you know, in New York it's funny because there's stuff that might even still be on the shelves. Right. And you go to cons and they're selling it for twice the markup or even yeah. sometimes three times. They had a white boba fett there, I sent you a Picture, I was like, Hey, you interested? It was like 60 bucks. And you're like, Not for that price,
0: (laughs) yeah. Well, and that was because I know that I had heard the news that uh, Walgreens is gonna be sending out cases of just the white Boba Fett's in November, um, supposedly. So I'm hoping it'll be a little bit more easy to get my hands on it as long as I'm willing to wait, which of course I'm willing to. Um, But I was even able to find white Boba Fett online for like 45 bucks. Yeah, so I'm like, just, I'm not going to pay kind of 60 a, bucks. for.
2: <laughs> well, and a lot of the vendors too, like if you buy one or two items, you know, they, they start knocking down the price for this or that, yeah, but, yeah. and I'm not, I'm generally, because I've been on the other side of it, I typically don't go there to haggle. Like, right. but, you know, I want, people are pricing it to try and make back their money. They're not trying to like screw right. you. They're just trying right. to make back their money. Right. I mean, that's, that's what they're in business oh, for. Oh yeah, so. Absolutely. But, I mean, so I, I'm never, I'm not a good haggler. I've never been one to do it.
0: Um, I don't enjoy it either, but yeah. I've learned at these shows to at least say, hey, would you be willing to take this? And Yeah, and, and they and,
2: will or they won't, you know.
0: And yeah, kind of, and not insult them. Like, I'm not going to take a $300 item and go, hey, would you take 100 Yeah, uh, exactly. You know, but uh, there was uh, basically after the show ended – Aaron came up to me and asked how we were doing and everything, how everything went. And uh, another thing he did very smartly is, and he stole it from uh, the Columbus toy show and he admits, he admitted at the show that he stole it right from them. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't mind saying that, but he had raffles throughout the show. Oh, it's
2: It's smart. Yeah. So you had
0: tickets, which caused people to want to stick around because they could potentially get something for free. Right. So that was really cool. Um, and uh, it did die down a bit during the lunchtime, like around 1230 to two o'clock. It really kind of dipped for a little while,
1: yeah.
0: uh, but then it picked up again. But that was fine because it allowed us to get some lunch for ourselves.
2: Was this on a, this was a Saturday, right?
0: This was on a Sunday.
2: Oh, a Sunday. OK, so just yeah. a one day Sunday. show. It was a
0: one day Sunday show. Yeah. Um.
2: um,
0: But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Uh, Got to talk to a lot of people. Travis was there. Uh, and he was working, he lives in that area, uh, which is in Dayton, Ohio area. Um, and. So we were around. He
2: needs to have his own toy shop called Uncle T-Bags Toys.
0: He does. He does.
2: I think. I think I would. I would shop there. Um, some people might be a little worried about it. <laughs> uh, they might mistake it for some other type of shop. I don't know, but
0: right. Well, our friend uh, Sam, who we've uh, gone to toy shows with.
2: <laughs> In fact, and on it, second thought, that's a terrible idea. Travis, do not do that.
0: And he's been <laughs> Sam has been on the show before, and. Uh, Sam, I think, was going to buy something off of Travis, and Travis says, oh, uh, "Do you want me to teabag it for you?" And Sam said, "Of course I do." <laughs> so, um, but he was there helping out a local comic shop that he goes to, so he was actually cool. one of the vendors there also. But he was wearing his Star Joe shirt, really? and he was right next to us, so we're like, he's kind of working for us, even though he's he's working for another comic shop.
2: It's like so, you guys are spreading, like like oh, yeah. kind of viral contagious like
0: yeah well nick had his star joe shirt on i had mine on chuck <laughs> chuck actually had his on what he, he he still has it he still has it yeah <laughs> and and travis had his on so that was really cool and then guess who happened to walk in that we had no idea we were going to see there at that show
1: who
0: mr sean Pryor. what yeah evidently he lives in the area there
2: oh so. wow like, I, didn't, I didn't know where he lived though
0: yeah i didn't either he goes yeah this is my back backyard and stuff like that so oh man
2: he's
0: so such a cool dude yeah, he is a very smooth guy, awesome guy. I uh, always love seeing him. So, yeah. he came up and we talked with him for quite a while. Um, but after the show was over, I still had uh, quite a few of my DC classics that I was looking to get rid of. I still have a ton that I'm keeping for myself, yeah. but there was a lot that I was looking to get rid of. And those were all loose and I had those at 5 bucks a piece. You would have you would have cleaned up, Robert. Mm,
2: you got it. Well, I got to I got to find I you got to give me a list of what what you got.
0: Well, the DC Classic ones I don't have anymore because <laughs> oh. what happened was Aaron came up and restocked his inventory by buying all the ones I had left, <laughs> 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 which was awesome.
2: <laughs> Great, now I got to get them from him for ten bucks a piece.
0: Right, <laughs> still worth the price.
2: <laughs> no, yeah, probably really. That's not a bad price,
0: actually. Um, but uh, yeah. So he was like, uh, he's like, hey, you've got, you know. And he, he haggled with me, but rightfully so. And, and he's always given me good deals. So he's like, Hey, would you take this? And I was like, Yeah, that's absolutely a fair deal. So
2: yeah, uh, that's what I appreciate. It's certainly, I do that a lot. I do a lot of trades with vendors, you know, between yeah. prints or sketches or whatever I have product yeah. I have. And yeah, uh, certainly got, I, I, people who are willing to work with me, I always cut a deal on. And it's just kind yeah.
0: of, it's awesome. <laughs> So I assume they're going to probably do it again next year and I hope that they'll invite us again next year because it was just an awesome show. Uh, like I said, definitely check out Roma Collectibles. Uh, I cannot stress them enough because like I said, they're not only just friends of ours, but they're also, they also run a very solid business. So, Mm -hmm. um, so that was our, our show, uh, that we had there. Um, awesome. Yeah. And I did mention that we had a voicemail from our last episode. Okay, yes. So I'm going to play that for you now. <laughs> and and it was it's our buddy Mr. Christopher Walken who called in because <laughs> I was saying I wanted to hear from that guy again. And yeah, you he evidently heard that. So.
3: Baby. Miss Elaine, you got me running on a treadmill. Let me tell ya, I got a fever. And the only prescription is more conch shell. I gotta have it, baby. Wrapped in an oil skin. Hey, Chris, where you been? Ryan said, I gotta hear again from that guy. I've been at the South Pole Rec Center, 1069, with knee-high socks and shorts. Defined, <laughs> undefeated ping pong champ, slapping <laughs> that ball with paddle and hand. Anastasia, to Cobra, weight and thighs, Lady J. cover girl, a natural blonde, deadly red with her crossbow bombs. Kong Shao baby, laying on me, like deathstro put major blood on a desk. How to settle for the rest and relaxation A.K.A. Robert and Ryan Show today Where you been hiding that Shannon Gallant That guy It's friggin' hilarious I haven't laughed so hard In many moons It's ridiculous His wit It's like razor sharp And when him and Robert flow It's like the ancient art Of weaving with guitars I hope Charles Average didn't go too far. I missed that guy. And speaking of Duke, I looked in 1983 toy. Did have the double colored look. So the little uh. sunbow artist must have been late to catch up. But anyway, I got other things to do today. Like little orphan Annie said, I'll start at the top in case I drip. Well, 515 an hour west corner floor <laughs> first the viper is coming you bitch
0: <laughs> <laughs> so that was that <laughs> <laughs> so i know it was a little hard to hear at the very beginning oh, but man. it was batman first saying that he listens to star joe's And then the song uh, It's a Lane, I think it's called, or something like that, started playing. And, uh, yeah, so love hearing from that guy.
2: Oh, my gosh.
0: I liked how he turned it, it it became a poem.
2: Yeah, I know, it was like, I was like, wait, is this rhyming? I was like, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I this.
0: And then, uh, so, yeah, we actually did have a couple people that made us aware that uh, Duke's uh, collar in the actual action figure is a double collar. So evidently the artists on the TV show, at least in that one episode, were getting it yeah, like action the, figure uh, accurate. accurate. Sure. Yeah. So
2: that is crazy. And I think as I was listening back to it, there is a moment, I think in the episode shoot, one of the earlier episodes we reviewed that Flint gets captured and we didn't yes. count it.
0: I know, and I actually do have that as a correction. Okay. Uh, there's actually two corrections. I do have it now as Duke having ten captures and Flint has five, because he was captured by the Game Master, and we never that's right. yeah. we never uh, recorded that. And we were also saying that Ace had six crashes total. Just but, in
2: those episodes?
0: <laughs> right, in those episodes, right. Um, in the one episode, he crashed the one plane, and he said that's the third one this month, and we were counting that as four it's still only three because he said that's the third one this month. So oh, that, means
2: had, okay,
0: right. that means he had two before that. So that's a correction there. So Ace did not have as many crashes as we thought. Okay. <laughs> just one less. <laughs> just, one, just one less. But One uh, less, right. He still had five in those five episodes.
2: <laughs> yeah, seriously. So, And I think if we, if we mark that down, that it was five in those five, then we can yeah. go back. And I need to go back anyway and count the Cobra Temples. So I'll do that and right. count the times Ace shows up and – and lose the yeah. Sky Striker, but I also kind of want to look up the cost of what a, a typical F-14 Tomcat jet cost at the time.
0: <laughs> that would be great.
2: And then I'm going to, I'm going to add a tally of those losses responsible <laughs> to Ace alone, how much money he cost the U.S. government. But then, and then, but I want to do a grand total of the amount on screen Sky Striker, uh, explosions. You know, like when Cobra comes right. in, demolishes a whole, like, dozen right. of them on, Double, the, on right. the fleet. Yeah. Yeah. So on the ground. So I want to count up total cost of lost sky strikers for the joes but then attribute how many of those specifically to ace
0: go to ace right and then
2: what he's responsible for
0: god bless you for doing that
2: (laughs) no so that so i got to go back and i've got to do the cobra temples anyway but as i'm going i'll look for ace and count all those up
0: yeah and i've got some research i'm going to be doing too uh, some tallies i think we should have been doing all along so i'll i'll kind of add some stuff like that that we can keep track of. Um, but, yeah, I did actually correct that when uh, I realized I was listening back to it, and I was like, oh, wait, we didn't count that one for Flint. Um, <laughs> and I'm afraid of Flint all of a sudden getting more captures than Duke because –
2: Just because he has more screen time.
0: I was going to say it's because Duke stops showing up in the
2: episodes. <laughs> I know. Like, he just gives up, and Flint – somebody's got to take over. Right. <laughs> what's what's Duke doing? He's just sitting on his
0: butt. like Right. So um so there's two moments in that episode, and I've actually listened to the episode twice myself after editing it because <laughs> I am like I was telling people I was like I was there involved in the episode and listening back on it, I still crack up. And the and the two parts that really make me laugh every time, one is the part where you were, you say something like, um that episode broke me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> which was the conch episode. Yeah. Um, and then the one that really cracks me up every time, just thinking about it, cracks me up, is when Shannon throws in the "you bitch." I know. In <laughs> <laughs> Scarlet answering the phone. I know. <laughs> He's like, "You bitch!" And I was like, "I don't think he says that," or she. No, I, like, I, I like, "Whoa!" He's like, "No, you hard. hear it if you listen really close when she's hanging <laughs> up." I was, I die uh, every time. Like I said, just thinking about it makes me laugh. Oh,
1: man. So, um. It is so
0: funny. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just pure classic comedy. Uh, John Thurman actually posted on Facebook saying that's episode of the year. There's nothing that's going to come close to it. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to agree with him. Well, I it gotta, was
2: almost a four-hour episode. Yeah. I mean, it, was, it
0: was a, it was, it was an a easy good time. Yeah, it was over it was three and, and, and half. a half. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But, uh. I, I got a text message from our buddy uh, Eric Grubb. He was just like, Oh my God. He says, the, the, he said the he laughed out loud at work and people were looking at him. And then he said the last 45 minutes, he had to stop working altogether because he couldn't, it was just nonstop laughter the whole, that whole last 45 minutes. So um, that is by, I mean, I posted it when I posted the episode, I said, this is probably our greatest, animated episode ever and (laughs) i don't think i was exaggerating there (laughs) so
2: well and it just makes me miss doing them even more so oh yeah there was Um, a long time without having one so we did
0: we went a really long time and that's not going to happen again um because we are getting close to halfway through season one or we are probably over halfway
2: i didn't realize how far along we were until you mentioned it we were already starting to make plans of what we're going to do next and uh, so i was like wow we we are getting there so we only have i think five you said five more shows
0: five more shows and we'll
2: cover the the rest of season one of joe like right. all of the mini series and right and the, the and the and the whole first season
0: we just right. have five more episode reviews to do right so that'll be 25 uh cartoon episodes that
2: right be... within our five shows yeah
0: right exactly and uh and what robert and i have talked about doing it will be Will be temporary. It's not going to be ex- as extended, but we're going to do a diff. After season one's over, we're going to do a different cartoon for a short period of time. Just to
2: give us a break. Give everybody a break from Joe, and yep. we'll go do another show and then come back. To- yep.
0: And we're not going to announce what that show is yet. Nope. We'll, annou- we'll announce it when we get closer to. The end of the Joe stuff, but then we'll come back to Joe. Right after we do those other cartoons, we'll come right back to Joe. And I guarantee you, the uh, the other cartoon is going to be just <laughs> as hilarious. So
2: <laughs> I, it's going to be kind of hard. I mean, all these '80s cartoons, we obviously have a love for. Or we want to take yeah. the time to do this, and we think they're cool, and they have there's reasons why they are cool. But just like GI Joe, just '80s cartoons are a bit ridiculous. Yeah. And so no matter what a- we do, it's going to be silly. But
0: yeah, and that's the big thing too. And I know we've said it before, but it's like when I'm watching these GI Joe cartoons, as ridiculous as they are, I still love watching
2: them. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, um, but one thing I wanted to uh, mention is uh, related to the show something, and and kind of going back to the the toy show thing, um, is we didn't do this last year, but we've done it in past years. Is we're bringing back the toys for Tops Drive. So yes. um, we've done this every year since the show started. And the only reason we didn't do it last year was because right when we would have started putting it together and, and everything is when Chuck and I both found out we were losing our jobs.
1: Right.
0: So we kind of took the year off because <laughs> yep. we were, we were having to search for jobs rather than buy toys and, and for the needy because we were kind of the needy at that time. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um. So, what we're going to do is, uh, for again, for new listeners out there that might not be familiar, is from the point of this episode coming out until Thanksgiving, uh, you can go on our website, and there is on the which is starjoes.com. Just type it in, and it'll take you right to our website. On the right-hand column, there's a spot that says Donate Republic Credits, and what and you can click on that, and you can use like PayPal. I think you can even just use a credit card or anything like that. And you can donate any amount you want, whether it's a dollar, $5, $10, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. We don't ask you guys for money throughout the year, but this is the one time we do. And it's all the money, 100% of it, whatever you donate, goes towards Toys for Tots. And I donate some myself, and I know Chuck usually does and and everything else. What we do is we take all that money, we go to Toys R Us or some of the other uh, places where we can get, a good amount of toys for the, that amount of money. And we just buy a bunch of stuff. And then we take pictures of it and we post it on Facebook to show you guys, here's what we bought with your money. And then we take pictures of like where we went and donated it. Yeah. So this way you guys can see it's all on the up and up. It's hundred percent. Like I said, it's a hundred percent of it goes towards buying toys for kids because there's a lot of great charities out there that do great things for families and for kids to make sure they're surviving. But let's face it, When you get older, some of your fondest memories are what toys you played with when you were a kid. And if we can give those type of memories to kids out there, then that's really the greatest thing that this show can do.
2: Yep. And I'll be doing um, as starting November 16th, uh, I'm going to be on my blog for those who follow my artwork or things I'm working on. uh, A couple years ago, I did like a sketch per day type theme or challenge on my blog. And I would pick a theme for the month or the week and, you know, just kind of create some sketch, like a daily sketch of a particular character. I had mentioned this back in August, I believe that I was going to do a specific G.I. Joe month. Mm-hmm. And so I'll be doing that uh, from November 16th through December 16th. And I think, I know it sounds kind of, I was talking to Ryan, it sounds kind of arbitrary, those dates, but I picked November 16th because it's a couple of days after my deadline <laughs> for the current <laughs> issue of comics I'm working on right now. And I, so I need to get the stress of that deadline taken care of. Um, but then also I think the cutoff for Toys for Tots is,
0: is December 16th, December 16th. Yeah. So, right.
2: uh, so any money, um, that is generated from the sale of sketches I do on my blog, I'll be donating to the, st- you know, in, in, Starjo's uh, Star Joe's behalf, like Toys for Tots. So, yeah. uh, so I'll be announcing more about that and, and just you know, pay attention to the blog and we'll post links on the, uh, you know, on the Facebook page and all yeah. that. But Absolutely. so that'll be part of it too. There'll be like a daily G.I. Joe character. Um, now, some of those would be for commissions of people that have already paid just to get those taken care of. But I would say at least 15 to 20 of those sketches will be specific to you will know, be open for anybody to purchase. And then that money will go to Toys for Tots.
0: That's awesome. And uh, just to let you guys know, two years ago, we were able to, combined with everything, uh, accumulate $800 that yeah. went towards buying toys that went to kids. And I would love to be able to break that total this year but at the same time like I said I know times can be tough for people and everything else um, and you probably have your own families and everything else and like I said we don't ask you to donate to this show at any time we've had a couple times here and there where someone did give us money just because they like the show and that's fine we never ask you guys for that but this is the one time hey if you like the show and you really enjoy the show donate um, a yeah. dollar I mean that will go really far if we can get as many downloads as we get to donate $1 that would be huge. So, um, so like I said, please, you know, if you can, if you can't totally understandable, we're not going to start also start charging free for the podcast or anything like that. So, right. Yeah. so, So we'll keep doing the show and everything else, but it would just be really awesome if we could do something this big in, uh, in Star Joe's name. And I can tell you, uh, last time we did it, Chuck and I t- dropped off the toys at the Marine base here in Ohio. Mm-hmm. And their eyes just got really wide when they, when I opened up the back of my truck and there was, uh, my SUV and there was just, it was just filled with toys <laughs> it was so awesome. And we had helped them unload it and everything else. And of course we gave them some business cards for Star Joe. So they'd start listening to us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the military is definitely a huge Factor of people that listen to us, so it yeah. was it was well worth it. But uh, but yeah, so that was really it was really cool to kind of see that, and it, and it makes you feel good and, and everything. And the other thing I would say too, uh, this is another thing too. We because we had people that did this um, that year also. If you don't want to donate, but you still want to do something for Toys for Tots, uh, you're just going to do it on your own. Post that on the Facebook page too.
2: We yeah, because pe- we'd love to see like take pictures of what you've uh bought to donate just with your phone or whatever and then you know turn that in and then just let us know because we would just love yeah. to see and get a collection of photos to see what through Starjos we've been able to work together right. and and do this for you know for the kids so yeah so just, you don't
0: you don't have to give us money you can just go to your go to a store I don't care if you go to like a dollar general and pick up a couple things that are like 3 or 4 bucks and then just donate it to Toys for Tots that's awesome you know that right that could be a great childhood memory for somebody. So um, cool. so uh, now on to some uh, news, uh, <laughs> some various things that have been out there and some things we can talk about uh, mm-hmm. a little bit. So number one uh, related to this show is uh, Jokon has yes. been announced.
2: Yeah, so Jokon 2015 will be April 6th through 9th, and it's going to be held in Springfield, Illinois yes uh which is where i live
0: which is your hometown yes
2: i am so oh my gosh i flipped out when i saw this all. i was like what really and i'm like double taking and i was like is this just a scam you know so i'm like checking it out to make sure and sure enough like it'll be in my hometown um like i said april 6th through 9th
0: um so party at robert's house i
2: know i'm trying to convince my wife to just let people camp out in the backyard and, and just open it up like a hostel you know but uh i kind of weirded her out a bit um, yeah i
0: can understand that yeah. so
2: but uh but as it is, it'll be great because we'll have, yeah. you know, it sounds like you and Chuck should be able to make it. I hope and.
0: Yeah, um, I have already uh, mentioned it to my wife and said, yeah. you know, this is in Robert's hometown. I don't get to see him very often. It'll be awesome to just, you know, swing by your home and and see it and everything. And I was like, uh, you know, it's it's right in his, his backyard and everything else. Yeah. So it would just be an awesome time. So.
2: No, no, it's great. I mean, like the convention center is literally a mile down the road, and yeah. it's just I live close to downtown anyway, and so that'd be cool and. You're certainly welcome to stay at my place, and there's going to be like a few people, I'm sure, um, that'll be coming into town that uh, that I'd love to have at at my house. And then I'll do at least uh, some kind of dinner or barbecue or fish fry or something for anybody that wants to come that listens to the show. I'm just going to completely open it up and... so I'm I'm crazy excited about it. I've been already talking to uh, some organizations here in town just in the last two two days. As I've since I found out, um, it's like so you don't
1: understand. I was it's like Joe no, Con. this is gonna be awesome. Uh,
2: so I'm talking literally talking to the Chamber of Commerce and other local businesses to kind of see what type of um, events or themes we can run over the weekend. That's awesome. um, So there's going to be uh, talking to a few of the local bars. are going to kind of establish like a bar crawl kind of a thing, a pub sure. crawl. And yeah. get even some of the um, the larger establishments, you know, that can handle a crowd of people right. to do like Joe themed drinks or meals, oh, be and awesome. uh, for the night to have a, a menu made for the night that's yeah. Joe themed and stuff like that. So I'm already talking to them. I want to do um, my next door neighbor actually has a local band uh, that are really good, okay. and so um, I'm all talking about getting them set up to play and. That's awesome uh, to do some downtown stuff. So I know that Springfield is not a big town. It's like 120,000 yeah. people, you know, so but
0: it's run by Cobra. So.
2: Exactly. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not a huge place. Like I, I, a few of the comments I've heard, especially on Facebook and some of the forums is that uh, if you're flying directly into Springfield, it can be more expensive because there's yeah. no direct flights to Springfield. You have to come in through Chicago yeah. um, and catch, you know, a smaller plane down. Um, and so that that's I, I deal with that every time I fly out of Springfield. I mean, it's just you know, an added cost. But one of the benefits to that is that what I love about smaller airports is the security's not as crazy. Right. It's it's pretty easy to get in and out of. It's not a big deal. But um, the other option is to fly into St. Louis and drive. It's about an hour and a half from St. Louis. So you could fly down there. But honestly, your ticket's only going to be between 100 and 150 less. Yeah. To fly to St. Louis and then you got to rent a car and drive. An hour and a half, you know, so three hours total both ways.
0: Yeah, and I, I mentioned to you, I think I'm going to end up driving, uh, but I have to like map quest it out to see how far it is. I think it's probably right around the same amount of distance as it would be for me to drive from here to Baltimore, which I do every year. Yeah, so.
2: it's like six to eight hours, right?
0: So yeah, yeah. So if it's if that's all it is, which I assume it is, um, yeah. I'll I definitely would be driving. So
2: yeah, and then, um, and I and I know the Con Hotel rate is uh, the Hilton, which is. It's not, um, directly connected to the convention center, but there is like a tunnel hallway that you walk through uh, a corridor that you go through that is connected to the, the, you know, you take an elevator down, um, to the bottom floor of the hotel and you take the corridor over to the convention center. And that's just the only access to that hallway is through the hotel. So it, it's technically the uh, convention hotel, um,
0: well, I have cleaned the couch in your studio. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, no, we've got plenty of room. So but then but just to let people know, I mean, there is there are a few other local downtown hotels that aren't yeah. like chain hotels, but um, that you could do that are probably a little bit cheaper than the Hilton, I think, is set at one hundred and forty dollars a night. Um, but just a five, ten minute drive away from the convention center, you have all the chain hotels you could find, you know, that will range okay. between forty and one hundred dollars a night which um, is
0: not bad at all.
2: Yeah, so there there's there's a lot of reasonable hotels. There's even like bed and breakfasts in the area for you know less than the Hilton hotel, so Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: and you know, the great thing options. too
0: you were mentioning about Springfield being a smaller town, the the great thing about a smaller town is a lot of times they're more willing to make an event a real event. Uh because it they know that that means good commerce for them and everything else. Yeah, so.
2: exactly. They'll they'll put um I mean just you know, you think Joecon is not a big convention. There's right. roughly between 1,000 and 2,000 people that will show up. Right. But when you take that in a ratio to a smaller town, right. that's a big influx.
0: That's a lot, of business,
2: yeah. You know, because all those people are going to be going out and eating in the downtown right. area. Like, right. That's 1,000 more people on a weeknight. You know, yep. to, to hit all the, the the restaurants and things. So.
0: And that's a thousand more people for the locals to be like, what the hell is this Joecon thing?
2: I, know. <laughs> uh, I just, I can't wait for people in cosplay to go around downtown. It would be <laughs> awesome. So, um, I'm personally, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna set up and I'll have a booth uh, instead of just a table. I'll, I'll try and do a full booth so I can spread everything out. Um, I'm gonna be doing a few convention exclusive things. Uh, I'll get some sketch original art uh plates. It's a, like a, a thicker stock than just a sketch paper. Yeah. Um, that'll have a, a logo on it and, and specific to the show that I'll be doing over the weekend. And then I'll have a few exclusive print sets that I'll only print for this convention.
0: Um, I'm telling you, we have to work on a uh, animated, just a G.I. Joe animated print oh. with like Ace crashing a plane <laughs> and <laughs> Duke being in handcuffs,
2: uh, Baroness torpedo shot.
0: Yeah. Torpedo <laughs> sure. shout shouting out torpedo!
2: Hey, it's Torpedo and Deep Sick with Deep Six with a grumpy face in the right. corner, his arms crossed. Yeah.
0: Bazooka and Cobra Commander tumbling down a hill.
2: <laughs> Holding hands just like we're <laughs> falling down. <Right>.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh my gosh, with Bazooka's uh, shooting off of a stray rocket. Yeah. Yes, yes. So No, no, I it'll be um no I'm just incredibly excited yeah. about it. So uh it obviously we We've been to that the Joe Con in Indianapolis. I've been to a few others before that. Uh, yeah. I wasn't able to make the New Orleans or the last year in Dallas, so I'm excited for one. I was gonna, I was planning on going to it this year anyway, but then find out it's in my hometown. I'm just so right. ecstatic. So
0: yeah, and and I actually remember saying that you know if Joe Con was close again, I would. I would definitely look into going and then yeah. I find out it's going to be in Springfield, which is your hometown. I'm like, well, how do I not go?
2: I know. I know. I'm so, I'm so excited. So, so everybody who's listening, please come. It would be awesome. Yeah. You're, you're welcome at my house for the, for the fish fry.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so also, uh, got some star Wars news. Yeah. Uh, so a few weeks ago they announced that filming for star Wars episode seven was soon to be done. They said it'll probably be done the next few weeks. Well, it's been a few weeks since then. So I'm assuming that the live action filming is done now.
2: Right. So they're just going into post-production at this point. Yeah.
0: Which is freaking exciting. I know. I cannot (laughs) wait.
2: I have so, I am so excited for this. I think just the proven production quality of who's handling the movie is, it's, it's just going to be phenomenal. I just cannot wait for this.
0: And, uh, according to Facebook posts, because i am of course connected with like star Wars.com and all that type of stuff. It's 418 days from the time of this recording. So, oh, so we're counting down <laughs> and I guarantee you the day that it's 365 days, I will have a post on Facebook to remind everyone <laughs> that it'll be one year. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have episode seven out. So, okay. so that's exciting. Um, speaking of star Wars, uh, in the comic side of stuff, uh-huh. Star Wars number one from Marvel comes out in January and it's going to have 14 variant covers.
1: What?
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So I initially was like, I'm going to try to get all of them. And then when I saw <laughs> it was going to be 14, I was like, there's no way in hell.
2: I know. Jeez, man, that was the- a lot.
0: Only because I know some of them are going to be those ones that are going to be like one hundred and twenty five dollars, two hundred and fifty dollars. Like There's it's just
2: super rare retailer incentives.
0: Yeah, I'm just not going to be able to afford it. Um, you I, know, I could I under- afford it, but I would then be have to live Gosh. in the streets because my you wife. Know,
2: I understand <laughs> the marketing value of that, obviously, but it just—it's just what happened in the '90s. It's just a saturation of yeah. the market, and I'm like, Marvel is willing to pay. 14 different artists to do a book, or maybe one of them is a blank or whatever, but just yeah. they're willing to be
0: getting that one.
2: <laughs> no, man, that'd be awesome. I can't wait for that to come out, but so there'll be, you know, 40, 40, what am I talking about? 13, um, you know, artists on the, I'm like, that could be the first year's worth of covers. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? I just kind of, it just seems like,
0: well, and one of them is an Alex much, Ross cover, shit, which is no yeah. surprise. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, and maybe do do a a regular number one and one, you know, like an A B cover, like IDW does, like an A cover B cover. Right. So you can choose which is your favorite, and then maybe one retailer incentive.
0: Or a a a convention exclusive or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, that
2: would get if if that's three covers a month, just on the first month alone, that almost gets you through the first five months. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's gonna be an Alex Ross one, and of course there's the Alex Ross sketch variant, right. which that's gonna be the really pricey one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, either one, the sketch variant especially. Um, there's gonna be a Diodato one, I believe, mm. um, and there's gonna be a Diodato sketch variant. Um, so there's two of them that are, like there's two of them that are gonna have a sketch variant along with the regular. Cover that they do. Um, the one that I, I'm actually very interested in is there's a Scotty Young one, which I really like his art and I love his style. <laughs> and the cool thing with his is it's going there's going to be a Scotty Young variant for the Princess Leia issue and a Scotty Young variant for the Darth Vader issue, and they're going to be interlocking covers. <laughs> That's cool. So, so that'll be pretty cool. Um, and his here's the thing I like with his his variant covers. Typically, I'll probably be wrong with this one, but his variant covers are typically not too expensive. Yeah. They're usually like six bucks instead of the traditional, you know, three ninety nine or two ninety nine price. Yeah. So
1: yeah.
0: I'll pay six bucks for a variant cover. I won't pay hundred and twenty five dollars for a variant cover.
2: That's, that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. So ridiculous.
0: I'll see how many of them I can get my hands on. I certainly want to get as many as I can. Um, I will definitely there is a blank variant cover, which I will get. There's also a movie photo variant cover that they're doing, which is basically just a scene from A New Hope. It's just Luke Skywalker standing on Tatooine. I'm sure that one probably won't be very expensive or it shouldn't be at least. Yeah. Um, so ones like that I'll definitely get my okay. hands on. But... Yeah,
2: I didn't know that they were doing some of these.
0: Oh, yeah, and there's uh, another one, too, that you'll love. It's going to be an action figure variant cover.
2: Uh, see, those, I think, are a bit ridiculous. I, <laughs> some people might like them and, and more power to you. Like, that's fine, but I think it's ridiculous.
0: I like them depending on how they're done because what they do, it's a nostalgic thing for me. It reminds me of, like, the Sears catalog and things like <laughs> that's
2: that. That's true. Or you I mean, setting up your own scene. At yeah. Home. Like, I, I get that, but just, I don't see it fitting, me personally, I just don't, it takes me out of the comic experience.
0: And again, it depends on the price. I'm not going to pay an arm and a leg for action figure variant cover, but if I can get it for, you know, a standard price or something like that, I'll definitely pick it up, so. Um, And then, uh, on top of that, they also announced that Star Wars will have a fourth comic coming out, and I believe this one will come out in April, because there's one coming out in January. February, March. There'll be another one that comes out in April. And this one's called star Wars, Canon K a N a N. And it's named after the Jedi character in the rebels, uh, animated show. Oh, okay. And it's his backstory of him being a jet, becoming a Jedi and all that type of Very stuff. Cool. So I think, yeah, I think that's kind of cool. Cause then they're definitely tying it all together. Yeah. Um, which have you seen the rebels show?
2: No, I haven't.
1: I haven't.
0: Watched oh, it. okay. Okay. Um, it's very good.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I really enjoy it. There's some people that have made comments, which I totally understand, but they've made comments saying like, it's good, but I don't really know these characters. So that kind of took me out of it. But my mindset with that is always, yeah, well there was a time you didn't know who Spider-Man was either. And there's a time you didn't know who Luke was. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, um, so it's really good. I think they got back to the formula that works for star Wars, which is this ragtag group of rebels. Yeah. uh that have their own issues and interact with each other and and they kind of get forced together um no pun intended um <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> and they're part of this larger universe story so there's a lot of stuff going on around them and they just happen to get caught up in the middle of all of it so you know you got your astromech droid in there who's a little yeah. bit a cra- little bit cranky you got your <laughs> you got your uh young character who is strong in the Force and is going to be taught by an, an older uh, Jedi. Uh, you've got your pilot, you know, of the ship and everything else. And the ship is a cool ship, of course.
1: Yes.
0: So um, so there's some cool characters. There, there's a love interest character there, too, that's part of the group and everything. So it is really cool. Um, in the second episode, so there was an hour-long premiere episode. And then in the second episode, I believe c 3 P and R2-D2 appeared. Oh, cool. So, so that was cool.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they do that and they tie it together yeah. that way. But.
0: And James Earl Jones is providing his voice to Darth Vader when Darth Vader appears. What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Um, you'll be excited about this, Robert. Uh, well, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Young Justice Invasion is coming on Blu-ray November 18th. Oh, so, wow. So they did the first group of... Uh, young justice on blu-ray that's already out
2: yeah
0: um which i never saw in the stores but i know you can order it on like amazon and stuff right um so the the conclusion of it is coming out on november 18th and that'll be the young justice invasion stuff right uh, where they jumped ahead like five years that's or basically
2: something. the second season yeah yeah so Which that, I I had them I got them like through iTunes when they were coming out so it's like yeah. I I have them kind of and I can watch them whatever but um, yeah that would be cool to get them on
0: Blu-ray. Uh, the Blu-ray will also have commentary I think on a couple of the episodes especially oh, yeah. I think, especially I think the last two episodes. Cool. They mentioned that so I was like it'll be kind of interesting to see like what they say in the commentary as far as was there more plans on where they were going to go with it and all that type of yeah. stuff yeah. Um. Then uh also related to the show, there was some rumors again popping up recently of a G.I. Joe Black series, uh which okay. would be the six inch figures. Um the Just rumor take
2: all my money.
0: <laughs> I know all me too. Of it. What? They're already taking all my money when it comes to the Star Wars Black series. I know. I know. Um so the rumor surfaced on his tank. And people are like, I'm gonna wait till there's a credible <laughs> resource, only because his tank, you know, it's just posted by every everyday people that say, hey, I heard this or I heard
2: right. That. Yeah, you never know.
0: So it's not that his tank isn't credible. They're they're actually an awesome site. It's just yeah. it's just but, it's posted by who knows who. So yeah.
2: Well, there's times where I've just posted concept art or something on my site. Yeah. And then they go four threads long or four pages long of speculation of what it's for, and it's like. Right. It's not for any of that. It's just a drawing or I couldn't divulge at the time what it's for and they're, they see it and then they speculate and that's part of the fun, right? Yeah. Just think about what it could be for.
0: But, yeah. Uh, and there's a lot of people that are making comments saying, Oh, this, you know, this is just a rumor. We heard this rumor before. It's not true. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, but it's still, like you said, it's still fun to speculate. It's yes. still fun to think about. So the rumor was that at San Diego comic con next year, Hasbro is going to have a GI Joe Black series exclusive to roll out the waves and the exclusive will be Snake Eyes with Timber.
1: Oh man.
0: And that they would come out with a regular Snake Eyes without Timber later on as oh, part I of, as part of the first wave. Which
2: what would be cool I mean, is if they made the exclusive like Commando. Yeah. And then and then the regular wave is the visor version
0: 2 or something yeah. like that. Well, I even thought it'd be awesome to have Snake Eyes with two heads like where you can not two heads heads on him, but (laughs)
2: like, like too bad. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: Right. But actually have where you can remove his head because they've done that before with characters. Yeah. Um, Like the Darth Maul character has two heads. Yeah. There's the one with the hood and one without. Right. So, um, so I think that would be pretty awesome too. Or if you made that part of the exclusive is that the exclusive has two heads and timber. Um, But it kind of makes sense that they would have something like that because the Boba Fett exclusive that came out had Boba Fett with Con and Carbonite. And that was the first figure that came out. So who knows if this is actually true, uh, but it's kind of fun to think about because if they're done in that much detail and that type of style, I would lose my mind. And like you said, I would go broke. I'd have to get a second job. I know.
2: If it was like, you know, 80s specific. yeah. If if all the you know just like just like Star Wars you know if there's that much attention to detail of their original costumes or uniforms yep. in this case like
0: oh man I'd lose it. Basically, if they went with the 25th anniversary style, yeah, exactly, which but is just what six they inches, went, yeah, but six inches, yeah, it would be amazing.
2: I've got, um, I, I have a I have a six inch Snake Eyes that was some weird. Um, chinese knockoff or something like that but it is completely snake eyes it comes on a base that is stamped gi joe (laughs) and it has the snake eye specific sword
0: that's awesome i think
2: i've posted it either on the forum it's been a long time
0: yeah i do remember that now. but
2: um yeah but i I love that and i was just like oh man if they did a whole series of these this size i'm just a sucker for yeah anything six inches like whoa well <laughs> uh, action figures, anything.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I was channeling Shannon right then.
2: <laughs> I know, man. Oh, am I lucky? Chuck is not on the show tonight.
0: Yes. Um, which reminds me, going back to the voicemail real quick, um, I want to reassure people when it comes to Chuck because he mentioned Chuck in the voicemail. Yeah. Um, Chuck is is fine. He is not dead. <laughs> he is not dead. Yeah, he has, I've heard from him. Yes, he has not been he has not been kicked off the show. He's still part of the show. Um, it's just really tough to coordinate right now, uh, because it's our schedule- hard
2: enough for us, the two of us to get. Yeah. It together.
0: <laughs> well, and he is working. Uh, I think he's working part time. He might be doing it full time. I'm not sure, but he, he did find a, a temporary job for a while. Yeah. Um, so that he could at least have some income coming in. But the problem is he works, he has to get up really, really early in the morning. So he can't join us for these late night shows.
2: Yeah. That's, uh, I mean, You know, you're working kind of regular eight to five type job. Um, I've got my kids in the morning, and then so when I get them to bed, I'm ready to record at night. But by then,
0: you know, it's 10 o'clock your time. Right. And for me, it's fine to stay up late and record because I live really close to where I work. So I can still kind of sleep in. I still get a good six, seven hours in before I have to get up to go to work, even when Robert and I are recording really late. So. Um so it's not a big deal for me but for Chuck if we were recording till like right now it's 12 midnight he would be getting up in about 4 hours. <laughs> yeah that's not, that's not cool. So um so I did tell Chuck I was like you know what you and I need to coordinate something where maybe it's just me and him and yeah. uh and try to do some stuff so
2: Well and I mean for the longest times, I you know you guys would just handle the comics like the right. the, the typical Star Joe's episode reviews and, and I think right. you had posted recently that since those have become so backlogged, yes, you're going to do the reviews online, just written reviews on Facebook. Yeah, to yeah, those, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's one thing I wanted to mention on the episode too is we're still going to talk about the comics and, and review the comics and everything else, uh, especially when Chuck and I can get together. But I, we're, I'm so backlogged on the ones from this year that. I'm just going to start posting the reviews on the Facebook site, and those will then in turn post on the Twitter site as well. Um, but I'm just going to post my reviews, and if Robert or Chuck have read them and they want to post, you know, their comments about the uh, on that issue, yeah. they can certainly do that as well. Um, they can well, post their own. I was to say what, what typically
2: kept fun. me out of that conversation was that I usually read in in trades, right. so I was always at least six months behind the storyline. But in this case, there might be. Some of those <laughs> I do, read. I yeah. could do, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and I want people to, you know, post their comments, too. And that's something I said in the post, too, as yeah. I said, you know, I'm going to post my reviews. But please, just like, because I always post, like, DC and Marvel reviews and independent right. reviews of other comics. But especially with the Starjo's related ones, I want people to post what their thoughts are, too. And guess what? If your thought and opinion is different than mine, that's totally cool. And we can, like talk ideas back and forth. I already did that today with, with one person on there with the star Wars comic that I posted. He, he saw the uh, Brian Wood star Wars as being very uh, princess Leia centered. And I said, I kind of didn't see it that way. I understand where he was coming from uh, because she was kind of a focal point of, of, in a lot of the stories, Uh but she, to me, she's also a main character. So why not make her the exactly at certain times? Um, I feel like she's always been a character that's been kind of underused in the comics and everything. So Um, so, and it's totally fine. to have a different opinion and everything. I think it's awesome, and I hope anything I ever say to someone, if I do go against your opinion on something, it, I hope you never take it personally. And I think our community is pretty good about not doing that. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um. So, but I just want to put it out there because I don't, like I said, okay. you know, I might have an opposing view of yours, but that doesn't mean I'm personally attacking you, and I don't take anything you say as personally attacking me, unless it's, you know, towards my mother or something. <laughs> uh.
2: Unless they're talking about your sister.
0: Right no that that I don't even care about so she, my sister defends herself my sister actually follows us on face facebook, facebook and i believe she's listened to some of the episodes um so she has actually jumped in and made comments on the facebook page oh, cool. <laughs> which is pretty funny yeah. so um so yeah so uh, like i said i will be posting uh that stuff uh the star joe's related comics on there but when chuck and i get together it won't stop us from talking about those comics and everything else so right. um so that's that'll be really awesome so one thing i wanted to get from you robert when it comes to this black series so let's assume that this is really happening yeah and let's assume you are allowed to have your dream wait first wait first and second wave come out and we're gonna say that the first wave is gonna be all Joes and the second wave is gonna be all Cobras and there's gonna be five characters in each.
1: Hmm.
0: You don't, you can't pick Snake guys because he's already gonna come out as a San Diego Comic Con exclusive. Yeah. If you could have your dream five Joes and your dream five Cobra characters, who would they be? Keeping in mind that they're gonna be six inch figures. So like, t- I took with my, I made a list for myself. Mm-hmm. and I took that into account as far as if I could have dream characters that would the detail and everything else and accessories and everything would be really awesome on a six inch scale.
1: Yeah.
0: I took that into consideration. Of course I picked favorite characters too. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I can throw mine out there for you to give you some time to now think.
2: Now are about you, are you talking about realistically what could be done too? No. Because, because you can't just do like five of the best figures.
0: No, I, I, this is not what I think they will actually do. This is my, if I could tell them, these are the five figures I want you to make. Okay. And money was no object because we know it is. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, these are the five figures I want you to make on a six inch scale and you're going to make them. So, and then we can, afterwards, we can talk about which ones we think they would really make.
2: (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that.
0: Okay. (laughs) All right. So um, so my five Joes would be Flint, of course. Mm. Um, Lady J, and I would want Lady J to have two heads. I would want the one with the baseball cap and the one where she's the cartoon. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: The hair, I think that would be pretty that's cool.
2: a good. That's a good point. That would be a good kind of secondary accessory.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alpine, because of all of his climbing equipment and stuff, I think mm. would look really awesome. Yeah. Uh, wetsuit, because... I like torpedo, but I've always liked wetsuit more. And, <laughs> and wetsuit always had had a lot more accessories. He really
2: got cool. a cooler uniform. Yeah.
0: Down. And snow job for the same reason. Um, I picked as my fifth one because you got the skis and you got the backpack and yeah. all. Like I don't. I know that that would be a tough figure to make. But I think like if you did it right, like and also for snow job, I would want two heads. Also, I would want one hooded and one unhooded. Mm. Yeah, so. That's- Um,
1: right. well
2: let me do okay let me do do my jokes jokes. and we'll move on okay so it's hard for me not to say flint too because i'm thinking you i would like to have a leader but there's no way i would pick duke over flint (laughs) right and i'm sorry for all the new fans i know that that they're out there but yeah that's my personal opinion i just think they're they're
0: vocal enough it's okay yeah
2: i know we hear them all (laughs) the time so flint for me i would say spirit
0: okay uh just because
2: you'd get um freedom and you would get uh you know just his costume has a lot of kind of layered detail
0: yeah
2: um i'd say roadblock he's one of my favorites nice. but i would say yeah oh, man I, I could go either way like a version one version two costume i was gonna say which one would you four. go
0: with i yeah. would
2: probably go version two just because there's more detail there into the sculpt <laughs> yeah. but yeah. just him with a huge 50 cal as That'd his accessory awesome. with the tripod ah yeah that would be so cool um then i'd i'd, I'd have to say lady J as well because if seeing flint and lady J six inches on my shelf oh would be, be awesome. awesome, and then all the javelins and stuff—that'd be cool detail. Yeah. Yep. And then my last Joe would be Beachhead, nice. I'd like to see all his gear and his pack, you know. Because I remember yeah. his original pack was just loaded with stuff. You know,
0: Beachhead
1: the was on my shortlist. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So um there's a couple. Of, I was thinking wetsuit, and then you said it. I was thinking possibly deep six, just because of the. Oh, but that would be awesome. such a custom sculpt. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way they could reuse, it, reuse yeah. any of those parts.
0: You'd almost have to make that, like, an uh, uh, exclusive, kind exclusive. No, I
2: think, like yeah, there's, I doubt they would just put that in a wave, but, um, you know, and then my shortlist is just Bazooka because of how silly it would be. Like, right. that, we'll get into that with, like, what they might actually do.
0: Right, know? yeah. Okay,
2: so let's hear your Cobras.
0: Okay, so my Cobras would be Destro. Yeah. Because, uh, again, like you said, you need a leader, and Destro, to me, is my favorite leader.
2: And um, would you would you do, like, Silverhead, Goldhead? I, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> But you'd have to have would have to change out hands too.
0: Yeah, but they've right. done that before. They did it with Han Solo. He had separate hands you could put on. Yeah, sure. So uh, Zartan. Yes. And Zartan, I was debating on: do you do two heads or do you just do the mask that goes on? I think
2: on? you do the mask with. The, I do too. With a backpack that has it in right. it. Right. Exactly. It pops out and then the face snaps on underneath the hood.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Um, Baroness. Yeah. Uh, I think would be awesome because uh, again, I. I I wanted a female uh, yeah, character. Each of
2: your first five, yeah, he has a, a female. Yeah, he has a size. female
0: character, right. Firefly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um, because, and, and I'm, I have a feeling I know which character you're going to, one of the characters you're going to pick, but I didn't have Storm Shadow on my list because I always liked Firefly more than Storm Shadow. But Firefly has the, the backpack with the little. Yeah, um, he's
2: just so laid down. The with cell paper. phone
0: and all that type of stuff. Um, and then my fifth one would be a bat oh that would just be amazing to see as a six inch figure with the backpack and the multiple arms you could put on them and everything else yeah so
2: okay (laughs) well i will say it's hard i think most people if you're going to pick your top five cobras is basically the hierarchy of cobra commander and his lieutenants right i mean that's it's hard not to pick that and right. so since my list is basically your list with the exception of the bat. <laughs> right. Cause I mean, if you put Cobra Commander on there, it would be really easy to swap out a battle mask head and a hooded.
1: Yeah.
0: You know,
2: Commander, and that would be fantastic, obviously. Um, I actually didn't pick Storm Shadow because I do think Firefly would make for a better. Okay. Sculpted figure. Cause if that was, if that was kind of your caveat there in the beginning, what would make for a good black series. Right. You know, figure. I think Firefly would just be fantastic. But, um, so. What I would say is what I'm going to say is what would be on my short list, or what if they actually came out with a wave of, say, Cobra Commander and Baroness, or say Destro and Baroness, right? And then mm-hmm. you got to fill it with three more auxiliary characters. Right. I would love to see a Scrap Iron. Nice. A Wild Weasel. Yeah. And one of the one of the um well. I was going to say one of the other dreadnoughts. You know what I mean? But it would be cool for there just to be a dreadnoughts wave. Yeah. How awesome would that be? Jeez.
0: Oh, yeah. That would be awesome. Because uh, you could easily
2: fit five. I mean, I would. who would be So the five dreadnoughts would be Zartan, Zartan Buzzer,
0: Buzzer, Ripper, Torch. Torch so that's uh, four. And then Zerana.
2: Yeah. That's uh, so easy. I mean, you just do a, yeah. a dreadnoughts wave. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would say, you know, yeah. And, and I, who, was who, think, who I was just thinking, I was just, oh, go ahead.
0: Well, I was gonna say, I was just thinking too. If you did, if they did Firefly, Firefly is a very realistic one that they could do because here's the reason why. You could also then do Beachhead.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have a similar head sculpt. You right. have, um, I mean, obviously the the vest and stuff is different, and the sure is common, but, but there's but I mean, parts
0: that they you, you can the use. legs.
2: The legs would be very similar. Like with the Firefly, you have that kind of side like digital thing he has on right. his left leg. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it makes sense that there's there's a lot of these characters. Obviously, they do it on a regular basis. Yeah. Like three and three quarter.
0: And you know, in re- in reality, one of the figures that they would do right away for cobras, they would have like a cobra grunt or a cobra officer or something like that because just. I mean,
2: I mean there's so many vipers, you yeah, know, that you could throw in there. Like either just a cobra trooper, right? But you'd also, I mean, I'd love to see a cobra eel, a snow yeah. serpent.
0: Ah. Oh my god, it would be awesome. Dang, man. You want to talk about troop builders and stuff like that. Ah. And here's the funny thing. So when I looked on His Tank and people were posting and talking about it and everything else, and we talked about it quite a bit on, on the forum too, um, and I also was texting with uh, some people <laughs> about it. But uh, on His Tank, the, th- the thing that cracked me up the most was they asked if people would buy it and uh, or if they would you know get into this series. And people were like, "Nope, I only collect a three and three quarter inches, so I would probably just cherry pick the ones I really wanted." It was like everyone was saying, "No, I wouldn't do it," but I'd probably get a few of them. So I was like, "Okay, are you not going to get them, or are you going to get?" You know some what?
2: Of them? I, I would imagine. I mean, there are some who are going to be a whole you know, hard and fast and not sure. going to break that collector's um, rules they kind of established for themselves. Right. Like I will buy a three and three quarter inch, and I'll buy a six inch. Um, it's rare that I'll pick up a twelve inch figure just cause I don't have the room for it. Right. But I will never buy uh, a five inch figure or it's hard for me to get the Marvel Selects because they're seven yes. inches. Like they just they look weird on the shelves when you put them together. and right. to me, it bugs the crap out of me trying to, <laughs> if I'm gonna play with my kids with the figures, like <laughs> right. having a large figure versus it, I hate that. But at the same time, if Hasbro is not putting out the waves of three and three quarter figures anymore, like, of course they'll buy these. I mean, yeah. if, if there is G.I. Joe product on the shelves of, like, highly detailed sculpted right. figures in classic uniforms, you're telling me you're not going to buy that?
0: And, and here's the big thing, too, is to me, this is a perfect way to reinvent the Joe f- toy line. I know.
2: It's, it's, you know, obviously kids are just not picking them up right now, and, and especially when a, a little three-and-three-quarter-inch figure is going to be 10 or 12 bucks. Yeah. I would rather just get a highly detailed figure— marketed towards the adult collector right you know what i mean and and my kids would love that too like i would buy them obviously but my kids would love them
0: yeah and that's the thing too like you don't have to go super crazy with the accessories that they, they aren't doing it with the um star wars black series you're getting accessories with your figures but you're getting accessories that make sense for that figure so i don't need 20 guns like they did with the pursuit of cobra figures yeah, and stuff exactly. like that
2: no just with the one or two weapons you know that side. With and the character. main weapon that goes with them right
0: yeah, yeah. And I would totally buy them. And holy crap, I would have a Star Joe's shelf then. I would have my Black Series Star Wars figures <laughs> on one side, and I'd have my G.I. Joe's Black Series figures on the other side. And it would be freaking awesome.
2: I know. And then, I mean, what? I, at that point, you have the Motu classics that are just so well done. Right. right. Star, you know, Star Wars, G.I. Joe yeah you, and then you've got i mean obviously the they are the super pricey but you have like the transformers masterpiece
0: well and even not the super pricey ones but they've done the transformers generation series
2: that series figures. is we, i just got the jetfire yeah they said oh you did awesome phenomenal yeah. what that is such a good figure
0: i was gonna ask you if you received it so i
2: did awesome. i just got it yeah
0: that's awesome oh my
2: gosh thanks for sending that along that, oh yeah no problem it was um and yeah, I, I mean that's his, so well done. That's really yeah, well and done. I
0: love how his mask comes off, so you can get the cartoon version of yes. him, or you can get the toy version that had the the more Robotech look to him and everything. Yeah. So yeah, it's just an awesome figure. Um, I just yeah. think
2: I just think that though the people who are the the properties, I should say, you know, because these are all coming out of the same company, yeah. either Mattel or Hasbro. But yeah, uh, the properties that just kind of break the mold and decide to bite the bullet and just make these highly detailed sculpted twenty dollar six yeah. inch figures. We'll, always, we'll buy an entire line of this stuff.
0: There would be there's number not one, a
2: lack of interest.
0: Yeah, number one, I would buy every figure, even ones that I normally would not have bought at a three and three quarter inch figure size. Like yeah. I would buy a bazooka. <laughs> <laughs> I would buy a blowtorch. Like oh, those I, are yeah. those are figures that I normally would have been like Eh, I could I could take them or leave them. Like a lot of times, I would only get bazooka because I had Alpine. Um,
2: well, the other thing, I mean, there's there's people out there like me who I obviously love GI Joe. I don't have a huge collection of three and three quarter figures, right? Um, because I I lost everything I had when I was a kid. I started yeah. picking stuff up with the 25th anniversary, but it's not like I was getting every one. Um, so I've got maybe you know 20 to 30, probably well, probably maybe more like 30 to 40 little. Joe figures, but obviously not near right. the whole line of anything. Right. And uh, But if they started coming out, this is a chance for me to jump on.
0: Yeah.
1: At the
2: ground level, they're starting it up. It's, it's in the format that I enjoy. Like I would buy every single one that
0: came that's, out. Yeah, and that's why I liked the Black Series is exactly what you said. It's in a format I liked, and it, I was able to get into the ground floor. Um, I don't have all the Black Series figures, Star Wars figures yet, but I guarantee you I will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, there's a few of them I need to still get, but I will get them. It's not gonna be an issue. <laughs> well,
2: and part of it too is that, you know, the smaller figures have been going for so many years, they've done yeah. every version you could possibly think of. You know, so there's no one, there's no way I could ever get them all, even if yeah. that was my ambition. Yeah. And even if I wanted to go out and get the say the the penultimate, you know, version of Snake Eyes or whoever right. or whatever. You know, and I would get one, and I would either display it or keep it. Um, that just seems really daunting. Yeah. Whatever, you know, to go back and find all this stuff. Right. If if I just, as they, as they launch a new line, and I'm there when it starts, yeah. then I'm not thinking ahead when I'm when I'm 200 figures into it. Right. <laughs> right. Thinking like, what was I thinking? Right. <laughs> what am I going to do with all these? You know what I mean? Instead, if you're looking back at it thinking, oh now I've got to go and try and find two hundred figures. Right. Like that's it's just too daunting for me to start.
0: And I'll tell you right now, if they actually did this line, and I'm hoping that the rumors are true, I'm hoping they actually do it as much as my wallet might not like me to do it. <laughs> but I'm hoping it's true. I already can tell you this the next year's Sandy Diego Comic Con exclusive. What? If they did if they did um, Snake Eyes and Timber, the my opinion, the the next year's exclusive is Tomax and Zemot.
2: Oh, That would be perfect.
0: That, wow. how, else, how else would you do in a, do them other than to put them as a two pack exclusive?
2: Exactly. You'd want to put them together, yeah. Right. Well, and you know, the some people would say, oh, but you never get vehicles. And I think for the most part, no. And same thing with Star Wars. You're never going to get uh, an X Wing to fit a six inch figure. If you do it, it would right. be huge, it would be bigger well, than well, the Falcon.
0: But we're, we got a we got a speeder bike and we're supposed to get Tontons. so I think you could get like you get a, a ram
2: little, cycle. I
0: was gonna say a ram or a mirage or something like that,
2: yeah, or like the the oh, I'm blanking on the name the um <laughs> the dreadnought Superbike. that oh yeah
0: right the ATVs yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: the little the little four wheelers or three wheelers yeah, uh,
0: you goes. could totally do that.
2: You might even well, now that would still be huge, but I was gonna say you might even get away with like a um a vamp or a stinger, but I,
0: I could see you doing a vamp.
2: I mean, yeah. they made those, uh, maybe not in the detail that would match. Right. The, I, I remember cars being that big as a kid, but it was literally one piece, pla- like the old Dukes yeah. Hazard cars. It was like yeah. one piece plastic mold with like uh, two big wheels and a bar for an axle that would just snap on the bottom of
0: <laughs> it. But in all honesty, depending on how well they sold, how, how well the figures sold, they might think about doing the, the vehicles. No,
2: but just like the, the only the only drawback is just, just sheer space. where are you going to put that stuff like even
0: i'll find room
2: i've got i have (laughs) (laughs) one of the things i've started collecting is die cast 118 scale like classic okay uh vehicles you know like the back to the future delorean the 18 and the you know the um ecto one all that kind of stuff and i enjoy that but to try and find a one that would fit a six inch figure it would just be enormous
0: yeah and and like you said that's i mean that's fine. It might end up being totally false. Like I said, these rumors are around last year, um, but this one was a little bit more specific. This one yeah. pointed to a specific character as an exclusive and everything else, so we'll yeah. see what happens.
2: I would happen. be so in on that line. Yeah. <sighs>
0: yep. Um, Alright, so also wanted to talk a little bit, because I know you got to watch some of the stuff, uh, some comic TV shows that have come out.
2: Yeah. So. For um, We, just kind of as a sidebar, we decided to change our cable plan and then I, because of the changeover i just stopped watching tv altogether <laughs> i was just like <laughs> i don't have time for this crap and uh so for a long time i wasn't up to date on any of it and then i just recently got like a hulu plus which is
0: account. a great way to keep up with stuff oh,
2: gosh, yeah. yeah but well i'd never had a tv up in my studio which is what helped me be productive right <laughs> but now i'm a little worried <laughs> um because i've just been binge watching like i i watched all the second season of arrow and then caught up with the first couple episodes nice. i went back and watched uh the few episodes of flash that have come out right i watched the pilot episode of gotham and i'm gonna watch through those okay um uh I, constantine just came out i'm gonna yep. watch that uh i'm sure john would appreciate this i've been just completely been watching binge watching community <laughs> and that show is amazing oh,
0: oh it's awesome gosh, yeah
2: it's so funny it just oh, i love all the 80s references throughout yes. that show are phenomenal yes. yes so um and i'm like well into the second season for that so there's plenty for me to keep watching yeah uh, but anyway so that's not so much um no but still it, specific but yeah so i think been...
0: it's related to the show because we did that community that's episode. true
2: that's true oh, that's very good no um yeah so the I'm just amazed at how many good superhero movie or TV shows are coming out right now. Yeah. And, so or, arrow, and I would say shield shield too. I started watching yeah. the second season of shield.
0: Okay. Very cool. So arrow, uh, you said you got through the, the second season, which is the season that everyone says it it is when the show got really amazing. Man, it's
2: just so intense, man.
0: <laughs> and, uh, this season has started off really well. Um, so I'm very happy with how it started off. I like now that we have Roy Harper as, you know red arrow and he's not
2: angry all the time that was that was getting frustrating yes at the end of the last season that was just getting old
0: yes i'm glad that went away yeah um we got thea uh and she has uh when he went when ollie went to go visit her go see her did you see that episode yes i did okay she was known as mia there now here's the interesting thing in the green arrow comic book there was the character Mia who becomes Speedy.
2: Oh, and then, and then her nickname was Speedy. Right. Uh, and they kind of established that in the beginning of the show.
0: Right. So I thought that was really cool. As soon as they're like, "Oh, here I'm known as Mia," and I was like, "Oh, it's Mia." In the comics was yeah, and
2: she's being trained by you know, Merlin at this point. Right. So,
0: so that's which awesome.
2: I okay, I didn't know that, and that makes me appreciate this a lot more because initially <laughs> my complaint was this is kind of getting. Uh, Smallville syndrome already, where yeah. every character becomes yeah. trained in martial arts or becomes like another super capable fighter. And I'm like, once um, Laurel yeah. was like, I'm gonna put on a jacket and start fighting crime on the streets. I'm like, oh come on, you know? I was like, it was just too <laughs> many people like.
0: But well, she I got gotta do And
2: then she <laughs> just got like the crap beat out of her. She's like, I'm never doing this again. I'm like, I hope not.
0: But she's going to. She's going, she's going to. And I'm like... Because, But here's the awesome thing with that. She's going to be trained by Ted Grant, which is Wildcat.
2: Ah, uh, uh, I know. So <laughs> they, it, it drives me crazy. And then they'll throw in that little Easter egg, and I'm like, well, that's okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but when you really think about it, when you go to the comics, all those characters are superheroes. I mean, they're all... Yeah,
2: heroes, the, you know what? Right? They're all interrelated. Yeah, so I just... I So, I mean, I, li- I like the show a lot. I think... Yeah. Um, it's, it's really well done. The action in it is very fluid. Uh, it seems... Well, because there's not as many superpowers, it seems a right. bigger budget than it is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know what I
2: mean? So they can, instead of spending money on that type of uh, special effects every week...
0: But let's talk about a show that has special effects and is just as awesome, if not more awesome, which is The <laughs> Flash.
2: It's fantastic. Oh, I love, my God. I love the tone of it and how different it is
0: than Arrow. And I lo- And granted, I liked the old flash series tv series that came out with wesley ship which was awesome to have him the actor of the original flash series be the father of the current flash yeah
2: that, that that is that is very cool like i love those nods and yeah um no so this this uh set the so the flash show i um there's just the marketing of it is so smart Yes. Um and I think finally DC has its niche. You know, I mean they always were great at the animation and right. they've had some stutter, you know, start and stops with the films, but they're doing it right with the T V now. Oh I mean, yeah. Um having uh Barry's introduction happen in Arrow right. and even show off, show the accident that leads to right. you know, his power sets um
0: and, and tie little... them together. There was little appearances in each other's shows. Well
2: that. I love, that seems so comic book to me. That was yes. awesome. Just that. Yeah. That's that quick scene, that moment where Green Arrow. Green Arrow is the, is a bit of that mentor where he's like, "Look, yep. you go. You can be a hero. You can you can grow into it." And he jumps off the side of the building, and swings yep. away with his arrow, and then Barry's like, "Cool." Yep. And then Barry goes, zip, 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 and he's like, speeding down the, the streets. Yeah. And then Arrow looks back and is like, oh, cool. And I'm like, yeah, that is exactly how yes. it would be in the superhero universe.
0: And it's basically the same scenes happen from a different person's perspective. Yeah. Which is what's yeah. so and cool it. About. made
2: me think, you know, a lot of superheroes, they must view what they do as possibly a blessing or a curse. Or it's just, the, the you know, for Oliver Queen, the trial by fire, everything he had to do to become that. Right. So to him, that's life. He doesn't think of it necessarily as extra. He knows what he does is uh, capable, but maybe he doesn't think of it as being extraordinary. It's just his duty. It's just what he does, and it's just who he's become. So when he looks at somebody like The Flash, and he's like, zip, 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 that's so beyond something he can do. He's just like, whoa, that's just amazing. Well, from the other perspective, Barry's got these crazy superpowers, and to him, like while that's amazing... He looks over at Ollie, who is this? He's been he's been doing it. He's kind of this hero.
0: He's just he, trained, yeah. He's
2: trained, and the fact that he could just jump, he's just fearless. You know, he just yeah. jump off a building and swing away. He's like, whoa! And I'm like, that's got to be what it's like in the superhero universe, where people are just used to who they are and what yeah. they're in love. The but then they see somebody else do what they do, and it seems yeah. extraordinary. I'm like, oh, ah, yeah. I love that point of view.
0: Oh yeah, and, and it. And it just works so well. And then the in the first very first episode, to have that twist at the end where the doctor in the wheelchair yeah, goes into dang. that room and they show the Christ, on Infinite Earth scene, I was like, I was like, that's awesome. I,
2: I, on the in the pilot, yes, I'm like, man, they're setting that up quick. Yeah, I couldn't, you know, that 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 he can jump into the future or that he at least has knowledge of the future.
0: And there's a theory out there, which I think is a very good theory, is that this doctor is actually from the future, and he might eventually become Abracadabra. Oh, wow. Which I think would be kind of neat, because he obviously knows the future, so maybe he's from the future, and that's why he knows about it. And Abracadabra was able to...
2: I don't know much about the Abracadabra character. Even Professor Zoom is from the future, too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, and Abracadabra... Is a character from the future whose technology is so advanced it looks like magic in our time period. Oh, okay. Um, and Professor Zoom's kind, yeah, he's kind of from the future. It depends on which version of Professor Zoom you're talking about.
2: He's got a bit of a convoluted history.
0: Yeah. Um, do you know that in the comics, at least, that the um, the partner, uh, Thawne, yeah, is one of the versions of of Zoom.
2: What do you mean, partner?
0: Uh, the, so, uh, uh, what's his name? Detective West or whatever. His, the one that's dating his oh. da- the daughter.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Is his, it, name,
0: it, his name's Eddie Thawne or something like that. Yeah,
2: oh, I didn't even, I did even put that together. Yeah. But it's the same last name.
0: It's the same last name. So that's. It's either so, just
2: an Easter egg thrown in or it could right. become something. Yeah.
0: Right. Exactly. So That's uh, now here's something I found interesting too. So they are going to have Captain Cold come up in the next episode.
2: Already, wow!
0: Which is which is awesome. Which is played by Wentworth Miller, who was in the show Prison Break.
2: Oh yeah, I know him. Yeah, yeah, be, he'll be do, he'll do great in that.
0: He's a perfect actor for that, right? So
2: now, are they going to make it technologically based, or like because he's part of this monster of the week? You know, no, he's going
0: to same... he's going to have the cold gun. Good, okay. And supposedly, from what well, I, I understand, man. the cold gun was created by um, Vibe, which is um, Cisco, in the show. Ah, cool. The character Cisco is is vibe uh, from the comics. Yeah. But, uh, so I don't know if that'll ever happen or not, but he supposedly creates. He had, he had uh, one of his inventions was this cold gun, and uh, Captain Cold gets a hold of it. Um, the female doctor character. Yeah. Did you know that that is the uh, identity of Killer Frost?
2: Oh, see, I was about to say no. I didn't. Geez, there's so much of this
0: and her boyfriend or fiance was Ronnie Raymond, which is Firestorm.
2: Exactly. No, I did, I did catch on to that. And that seems like a great way to introduce that type
0: of a character into the, right. The so series. you have, so you have fire and ice going on there. <sighs> so cool. So I don't know if you ever saw the show prison break at all. Yeah. I watched the uh, first season, I think. Okay. So, you know, In the, the brother on prison break. Yeah. So you had went with Melanie and you had the brother and they were kind of like pretty opposite. Like one was cold and calculating and one was, you know, the hothead. Yeah. Well, the they've already casted Dominic uh, Purcell, I believe his name is, uh-huh. uh, to be Heatwave. Oh, cool. And Dominic was the brother from Prison Break. <laughs> so I was like, it's cool you're bringing these two actors into a show, and they're yeah, kind of yeah, playing right. these different
2: yeah. opposite
0: characters, which is what they were on the show Prison Break, too.
2: <laughs> Man, he, they're just and, packing so much.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a lot they're bringing in there. So... um but it's just really cool. They're going to have the Clock King. Um,
2: I saw that episode.
0: Yeah. So I mean, they're good. just yeah. So they're just having all this awesome stuff that they're bringing. That guy
2: was from uh, Prison Break too.
0: Yeah, uh, Robert. Would he,
2: he play Teabag? <laughs> yes. Yes. Prison
0: Break. Yes. So they just went to the Prison Break cast and said, "Hey, let's bring them up. Which those were all really good actors on that show. Oh, yeah. So isn't um, it funny?
2: And they must have similar agents because the same thing happened when the TV show Firefly. But just went that one season was done, yes. and that next year, like three or four of them became voice actors on Justice League Unlimited.
0: Yeah, and then you know how uh, we were just talking about how the two sh- uh, Arrow and Flash are kind of intermingling. Did you see they're bringing Felicity Smoke onto the next episode of Flash?
2: Yeah, I saw. Well, at the end of that Arrow episode, she's like, I'm yes. gonna go and. Well, and then the dude on Arrow, like her new boss, is that Brandon Ruth? I think so. It looks like him. I haven't looked. At, I haven't checked the credit. I'll
0: look. But. I'll look it up. Um, but yeah and then he plays Ray Palmer Yeah, no, but that awesome. was
2: interesting yeah I wonder if he's going to do anything with that or if it's just like see some of these I think are just vocal nods yeah. to the world I doubt they're going to but it does give them p- the potential to develop right. it you know in a well, three years and down the, the road
0: yeah and the great thing with uh, that I liked when they introduced his character was he talked about some of his technology made things smaller um,
2: <laughs> I didn't I, hear that I didn't catch that
0: yeah, he was like he was talking about the wristwatch and stuff like that, and he was like, "Yeah, it just it made made life uh, made everything a bit smaller and stuff like that." So I was <laughs> like, "That's funny."
2: I remember uh, that was one thing I loved about the first couple seasons of Smallville: those little throwaway lines, you know, that just give such a nod to the comics.
0: Yeah, that is Brandon Ralph, by the way.
2: I was gonna say it looked like him. I,
0: yeah,
2: it's kind of neat that he's still uh, in DC's good graces. I suppose I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that. Uh, That show's awesome. Gotham, I know you only watched the first episode. Um, I loved the first episode. Uh, I definitely have characters that I identify with and characters I really like. Um,
2: (laughs) I have heard a few, of all these shows, I've heard the most criticism of Gotham.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And it just kind of being that it's a little too over-the-top, like melodramatic kind of creepy. And my, like I said, I've only seen the first episode, so my only... Argument to that is, if it's too straight realistic, it just becomes like any other Law and Order yeah. police procedural that's going on right now with just Gotham names, and that's yeah. not what I want to see. No, you know, I want to see something that sets it apart from, you know, uh, you know the what is it? I don't like know. There's like three or four cop shows out right now, like the SVUs. Yeah, and exactly. You stuff. know, just yeah. I, something's got to separate it and. Right that little bit of over-the-top military, like, for example, in the pilot where just at the very beginning when that guy is, like, freaking out in the police precinct, and he's like, I need my pills, and he grabs a hostage. Right. And everybody pulls a gun on him. Okay, so for one thing, you know, they would either just shoot him, or mm-hmm. you know, some, somebody would take him down, but like um, Gordon, you know, he's, like, up on the second floor, and he's like, hey, stop right there, and he comes down and he talks the guy down and just grabs some aspirin and, like, takes him down or whatever, right? He's like a new, new detective, isn't he? Like, he's a yeah. like brand new... Like, so why would everybody yep. stop and listen to him? Right. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems a little weird that... Yeah. He's able to disarm the situation, but you have all these other cops who wouldn't have taken the initiative to do so. So it seemed, like, contrived just to give him a cool entrance.
0: Yeah. And um there was... um I think in the first episode there was the one – there was a comedian character in Fish Mooney's thing that – Oh, yeah. So there's speculation that that was the Joker.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Um, But then the – I think it was the writers or directors, something like that, said that there will be several episodes – I don't know if it's every episode, but there will be several episodes where there will be a character that could be the Joker.
2: I love that because his origin has always been so speculative.
0: Right. So, but they had
2: like you know had Edward Nygma, yep. right? Was was showed up as the Riddler. But that's, I thought it was weird that he worked for the police.
0: Yeah, but it's again a different take. So maybe somehow that gets twisted later. Yeah. Um, so th- I loved
2: be, I love the Penguin character.
0: The Penguin character is a big favorite of a lot of people, and I, I'm he's growing on me. I didn't like him in the first episode as much because I felt he was a little too whiny. But as you'll see, he's a bit more manipulative than whiny.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I should say. I liked the look of him, and yeah. and in general how they portrayed the potential of what he could grow into. Yeah. More so than I liked, oh you know, man, what yeah. a great performance! I, I wouldn't right. say that as much as well.
0: And you'll see that his performance is actually really good as the episodes go on. Okay. Like like he plays the part so well, like yeah. that that actor and everything. So cool,
2: that's
0: cool. Um, what do you think yeah, about, what do you think about Alfred? Uh, Alfred's a little gruff. In the first episode.
2: Okay. I will say that's all I've seen. And it seems like he's just barking at people all the time, whether it's Bruce or Gordon or whoever. He just seems like a.
0: Yeah. And what you'll get is and what you'll find. is, It's not
2: that genteel British. Right.
0: Like. And I. And here's how I'm reading it now that I've seen several episodes. He. It's he's gets thrusted into this and he doesn't know how to be a parent, which is what he has to be to Bruce. So right. he, that's why he's barking orders and stuff like that because you'll see the, there will be a softer side that comes to Alfred later on. Oh, okay. So um, so yeah, I kind of took it as like he's been thrusted into this horrible situation and now he has to look after uh, Bruce Wayne, who I think they got a perfect kid to play Bruce Wayne. No,
2: I, yeah, even again, I've only seen the pilot, but he did. I liked it a yeah. lot. He, seemed, he seemed calculating and mature for his age because yep. of what happened already.
0: And you're gonna see more of that as it goes on. Oh, very cool. Um and
2: I wasn't I didn't know that they were gonna spend much time with actually Bruce Wayne. I thought they were just yeah. gonna establish the origin story and move him along.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's definitely a part of the story. That's great, he's, man. That's yeah. awesome. Um I love Jim Gordon, he's my favorite character because he's the one I identify most with. Yeah. Um I've actually made the comment to you and I've made it to other people, and other people have actually made it to me. <laughs>
1: right. Is
0: that I'm Jim Gordon <laughs> and Chuck is Bullock. <laughs> Because, and not necessarily in a bad way, it's just that Bullock is a realist. Like, this is the environment we're in, we can't change it, so work with it. Yeah, work with it. And that's very much Chuck. Like, he's just a realist. He's like, this is the way the world is, and if you don't like it, too bad. Um, Whereas I'm the idealist, which is what Jim Gordon is, where I'm like, you know what, if I don't like the system, I'm going to try to change it. Um, And I just really... That's why I like that character because I'm like that would be me if I was in this environment. Is right. I would be Jim Gordon. I would probably die, unlike him, <laughs> <laughs> but I would be Jim Gordon's character. Um, you'll see in the second episode. It focuses a lot on Selena Kyle's character, and after seeing that second episode, I really like her character too.
2: Okay, I was going to say like just showing her to introduce her. You know, just kind of slinking yeah. around in the backgrounds in the pilot. Yeah. I kind of almost felt like. It was a little too much. Yeah. Like too many nods, too many introductions of characters. Um, I you know I would have liked that if they just really established the the Bullock, Gordon, Alfred Bruce, you know, and then maybe obviously the penguin right. and just leave it at that, right? Just that's all we need to see. And then within right. the first 5 to 10 episodes, then you bring in Edward Enigma. then you bring in a Selena Kyle. You yeah, know, but they're already establishing kind of
0: so many. And that was one of the complaints about the first episode is they felt that there was too many characters being introduced in the first episode. Yeah. Um, but as you go into the more episodes, those characters get more fleshed out. So you kind of don't mind it as much anymore after, after the That's first episode. Yeah. So um, Constantine, I did watch the uh-huh. first episode. However, I also saw through doing a lot of searches online, was able to watch the pilot episode before the pilot episode actually aired. Um, there was also changes that were made from that pilot episode. Yeah, that
2: that's I really out. intrigues me. That's, that's interesting. So
0: there's a character named Liv uh, mm-hmm. who is in the first episode. And um, the show is creepy, so I'll warn you about that, but you probably knew that going into it. <laughs> um, but it's not so creepy that you, like, I, I think you'll be okay.
2: <laughs> as long as it's not like American Horror Story creepy.
0: No, yeah. no, nothing at that level. <laughs> um, but... There's there's like a couple creepy moments in that, but I think it's totally something you could live with. Um, <laughs> but basically, there's this character named Liv who Constantine meets up with. And the whole episode is about her because her dad was friends with Con- with John Constantine. And he promised Constantine promised when her dad passed away that he would go find her and help her. Uh-huh. Um, so he, the whole episode is about that. Right? right. So at the end of the episode. She And I don't mean to spoil it here for you, but basically at the end of the episode, in the original pilot, she's the one that convinces John Constantine to go battle the evil that's out there and to go after it. Uh In the pilot that aired on TV, she wants nothing to do with this. Like, she's been scared away from it.
2: Oh, man, that is a huge change.
0: So basically what they're going to do is she was an original character from the comic series. And the writers have basically said that they wanted to stick with more of what was in the comics. So they're introducing this character named – I can't remember what the heck her name is – Zeb or something. Not Zeb. That's from Star Wars Rebels. Um, I can't remember. It's something with a Z, like Zed or something like that. But it's a female character who's tough and knows – uh, the mystical world and stuff like that. Like she's a tough female character. Uh-huh. So they're going to introduce her in the second episode. They kind of introduce her a little bit in the first, at the end of the first episode. Um, you don't actually get to see her. You just get to see her from behind. Uh-huh. Um, so they're going to introduce her, but I'm like, you spent this whole first episode building up and developing this character that you're never going to use again. Right. Which is very weird to me. And the other problem I have with it. Well, there's two problems I have with it. One is That character was our introduction as the audience into this supernatural world. She's new to it. We're new to it. Yeah. So you can
2: uh, associate with it or you can um, feel an empathy or a connection with that character as they go through and learn about the world.
0: Yeah. Now we're going to have all these characters that know what this world's all about. So who's going to be the character that we identify with? Right. Um, the other problem I had was when I read an article about why they decided to get rid of this character is the right is it was said that the writers kept writing themselves into a corner because this character was very reactionary and not proactive. And they wanted to write characters that were proactive to go after the evil and everything else. And I said, that to me is a weak writer and you should get a new writing team then, because if you can't, if you're saying I don't want this character in here because I can't write stories for this character, then you shouldn't be writing this TV show. Yeah, find somebody that can write this character in well, there because again, again, it's a
2: great, like, great character. That, yeah, like you said, like that seems like the perfect kind of character to right. You know, may, if nothing else, just keep that character, keep that same voice, but then right. incorporate uh, you know, another character to help them out. Or right, isn't the show about Constantine? Isn't he the proactive character? And then yeah, you
0: know, exactly.
2: I mean, it's kind of like a Doctor Who you know, uh, a yeah. sidekick relationship, you know? Right,
0: exactly. So I, I really didn't like that as the reasoning behind it. Now, who knows there could have been more behind it that we just don't, aren't privy to.
2: Right.
0: But, um, but overall I liked the show. I just didn't like once I found out that that character was not going to be in the show anymore. Yeah. Um, Cause there's a whole scene that happens at the end of the episode that she's talking to Constantine and instead of it being her, it ends up being somebody else that talks to him. That's interesting. That's an interesting change. Yeah. So um, now that character's still out there. So if the audiences say, "Hey, we liked that character," maybe they'll bring her back. I don't know.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. But it it was it was interesting. There are some DC nods, um, mm. in the show. So when you watch it, there'll definitely be one that stands out big time, uh, <laughs> that that you'll see. So um, so I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it when you see it. But
1: yeah.
0: Um, and Agents of Shield. I'm enjoying the second season.
2: Yeah, the first season up until uh, when... I mean, the, the couple points where it got a little better is when it tied into Thor. Yeah. And then it got even better, after, obviously, after the Captain America Captain Winter American Soldier. Captain America yep. And then you had the whole Hydra Shield spin. And yep. that's when the show took off. And yes. And I think it was interesting because I think Shield was losing money. Yeah. The first season and...
0: And now it's doing really well.
2: Who was it that paid... Was it just Disney or some? I mean, just, you know, typically the network, right, pays yeah. for the show to get done, and they right. license the rights from, say, Marvel or Disney or whoever. Right. And I think that Marvel needed this show, um, and so Marvel just, or Disney, you know, paid for the production of the second season because whoever was running it, ABC, I guess, is also owned by Disney. Right, exactly. Um, was going to cancel it. Yep. Or at least showed interest in, look, the numbers aren't supporting the show. We we'll probably need to drop it. And then Disney's like, well, then we'll just fit the bill because we need this show to be a springboard for all these other ideas. Right. And tr- like, trust me, it'll tie in. And I'm just like, it just was unfortunate. It took so long for the show to get its own legs.
0: Yeah. But the ratings have been good for it now.
2: But it's, it's been, ba- I love this whole, the Colson as director. That's yeah. awesome. The, the cast got a little larger. Uh, Sky is a little more capable. Even though uh a lot of people didn't like her character in the first season, but to me, it just shows a character arc just gotta start and, again, somewhere.
0: and again, to me, she was the gateway character, She's yeah the character I didn't, that brought I the personally didn't in.
2: mind it. She got a lot of yeah. flack that first year, yeah, big time
0: um, I like the character of Ward, especially with what's going on with him now,
2: yeah, it's a lot more complex. I yep, like that I, a lot.
0: I like the character with Fitz and that actor is ham- is doing a really great job of showing his psychosis and stuff like that. Now.
2: I love the reveal that Simmons wasn't there anymore. I didn't yeah, realize that. That was a cool. Great. That caught me. I thought
0: that was great. Yeah. Um, and have you seen the latest episode uh, with Mockingbird?
2: Yeah. It was like, cause I, that actress was played lady J in the, yes. In the G.I. Joe retaliation movie. Yep. And uh, she was in, like Friday night lights, <laughs> a few other stuff. Yep. so i didn't realize how tall she was
0: oh my god yeah
2: she's like a whole head taller than who is it i mean everybody else but everybody, um, Simmons especially she's yeah. like a whole like the top of simmons head is as tall as her shoulders
0: she almost could be lady sif oh.
2: i know she's huge oh. and i'm like you know she could have been wonder woman if dc had had yeah. their act together oh yeah
0: um but i love the fact the that, fact that she's playing mockingbird and oh that, yeah i
2: thought that was a great reveal and
0: and, and she's like that had uh, she,
2: dark hair, and I was like, "What?" And then she's like, "Yeah." So I hope she comes out with blonde hair in the next couple of. Episodes. Yeah,
0: that'd be great. And then I love that she ends up being the the ex wife, the devil ex wife yeah. of
1: <laughs> right. of
0: the uh, mercenary that they hired. Yeah. So, so cool. I think that'll work out great. So,
2: what would be? Um, I mean, out of this I don't know if this would even happen. I mean, you think of all the actors in the show. She has movie experience <coughs> and has the potential to cross over into an Avengers. Oh yeah, movie. but like, wouldn't that be awesome if she got with Hawkeye? Like that would
0: oh be yeah, best and I could see that happening very easily. So, yeah. um, like for but,
2: instance, if, if there's been talk of a Black Widow spinoff movie, Yep. and that'd be neat because she's going to need some auxiliary characters that oh, have yeah. shown up the universe before. That'd be cool if like, uh, you know, Mockingbird was a part of it or Absolutely.
0: Hawkeye, even cool. if it was just briefly or something. Yeah.
2: yeah, just the three of them were teamed up
0: or something. And I and I love the fact that they had the Absorbing Man. I thought they did an oh, amazing that was job awesome.
2: Oh, I had I just was I had no clue. Like yeah. uh, once he started, you know, manipulating his body, um, I was like, oh, that I was like, I was just the effects were great, and I was like, man, yeah. this guy's got the perfect body for that. And then and then I realized who it was and what was going on. I'm like, oh man, that's great. And then when he pulls off the ball and chain,
0: yes, oh, the, that was that awesome. Line,
2: and I was like, yeah,
0: <laughs> that was such a fanboy moment right there. <laughs> oh, I
2: Loved it, and he's all swinging around. I'm like, yeah. yes, straight <laughs> from the comics, man.
0: Right. Oh, that was awesome. So, that was so good. I love it. So that. I am, yeah, I am really enjoying um, the comic TV shows that are out right now. Um, I, I even, say, I
2: think that was one of my pet peeves of the first season too. Is it didn't seem tied enough to the Marvel universe. No. Like now it seems like whenever they would go after people with powers, I'm like, how many like hundreds of characters do you have in the Marvel universe? Yeah. You might as well tie it to somebody you already own. Right. Instead of just creating a weird throwaway character with random powers.
0: Or a character that's similar to that to a character that we know, but it's not exactly that character. Yeah,
2: exactly. I'm like, just come out and do the me, Man. And they did right. it. And, oh, that right. kind of thing is great.
0: Um, and I even gave the show uh, The Strain a second go at it, because that's an independent comic that was made. And that one's not for you, Robert. Oh, um,
2: okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for the heads up.
0: Yeah, it's it's like... <laughs> Uh, this weird uh, viral infection thing of the, these little worms that turn people into like these vampiric monster type oh, creatures yep
2: that's not my that's not my deal
0: yeah um I well, I got through half of the first episode and had to turn it off because the wow. the effects for this one creature I just didn't like it it was it was we- too weird for me. I was like that's not believable and then Mike Myers keeps posting on Facebook. How awesome the show is, and oh my god, it's an incredible blah, blah blah. And I was like, you know what? I only gave half of the first episode a try. Let me go ahead and finish watching that. And the great thing is that FX had it's on the uh, TV station FX, and yeah. FX has an app, and they have all 13 episodes available for you to watch on the app.
1: Wow,
2: that's very cool.
0: So I went back and I've watched two episodes now, and it is a very good show. So oh, okay. So I, I give credit to Mike for pointing that out to me. So um, so we want to get into some previews, and then we'll, we'll call it a show. Yep,
1: sounds good. Hey, Gar! I want to make a phone call. Yeah, just work with these guys, man. I wasn't even there! Movie Week in Review is the GeekCast Radio Network's weekly movie podcast. Steve and Mike take a look back on their favorite films and give you their thoughts. They also bring in co-hosts at times. If you are a movie buff, listen to M-Wire only on geekcastradio.com. To Cybertron. Thank you, Soundwave. I am TFG1 Mike, and you should be listening to my very first podcast, the TFG1 Podcast. 24 episodes covering the entire U.S. run of the 1984 Transformers cartoon. also a few supplemental episodes in an interview with Stan Bush. So check out the TFG1 Podcast. You can find it on iTunes and the web at Transform Transforming. Roll out. Welcome to a collaboration between the GeekCast Radio Network and the Pop Culture Network. This is From the Command Center, the podcast. I am your host, T.F. Joe Mike from the GCRN, and joining me is Zordon himself. Uh, uh, wait. I mean, Scotty Cash. That's right. Scotty Cash from the Pop Culture Network. And today, we're introducing you to the audio version of From the Command Center, the podcast that will tell our intake on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the episodes, the seasons, and all that other good stuff. emerging from the dark humor that was the Beast Unleashed podcast. Steve Megatron, tfg and Mike, Pecon Court Michael, and the Cybertronian correspondent Optimus Solo move on to Transformers Animated with Transformation Animation Podcast. 20 episodes covering all three seasons of the cartoon, the books, and the awesome toy line. We'll also have cast and crew interviews, so get tapped with the GCRN's next Transformers franchise podcast. Transformation Animation Podcast, available on iTunes and the web at ww www.geekcastradio.com Get your tap on Decepticons, transform and rise up So be good, for goodness sake Whoa, somebody's coming We have to get out of here We've got to find a judge or something Hey, wait a minute, Hey, 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 hey Hold it Now, we're actually going to go before a federal judge and say that some moldy Babylonian god is going to drop in on Central Park West and start tearing up the city. Sumerian, not Babylonian. Yeah, big difference.
0: All right, so I just went through previews. Some of these things are related to the show. Some of the things aren't. They're just things that kind of stood out to me, so I figured I'd throw a bunch of stuff out there. Um, So from D.C. uh, we have, and this is everything that uh, this is in the October previews for stuff that's coming out in December or later so okay um so we have uh secret six number one which was an awesome title done in the past yeah and it's being written by gail simone again
2: oh very cool so it's basically the suicide squad for the most part right in
0: a in a sense yeah and are
2: similar one, characters at least right
0: right and this one will have uh, Catman in it nice and it'll have one of the talons in it as part of the secret six so it's a, it is a whole new cast other than i think Catman. Um, but it's the same kind of idea. Oh, okay. uh, In general, I'm assuming. So so.
2: who was the cast of the previous one? It was like, uh, Deadshot, Catman.
0: Yeah, Deadshot, Catman. Um, uh, there was Ragdoll. Um, which was a crazy character. Uh, (laughs) Bane became a character in that. Right. For a while. Um, there was also, there was, for a little while, there was a parademon on the team.
2: I I didn't read the whole series, but I liked the ones I read and it got it was a good series for a while.
0: Harley Quinn was a member of the team for a little while. Yeah. Um so there there was a lot of oh uh there was uh Savage Vandal Savage's daughter, I can't remember what the heck her name is. Van uh was I can't remember what her name was. But uh anyway, she was a member of the team and she was so so I'm kinda interested in that because the, the previous series was really good, so um, I did want to mention Grayson. Uh, I've been reading Tom King and Tim Seeley have been writing that. that it's mm-hmm. going to have uh, Grayson number five and Grayson annual number one's coming out. And I read the one, the two issues that were written by Tom King, which was Futures End Grayson, yeah. which is amazing. You don't have to be reading anything Futures End. Just pick up Futures End Grayson, and if you have any familiarity with Dick Grayson and his history, it's perfect for that.
2: Uh, see, I'm gonna. I was going to wait for trade on this, but I, I definitely want to support Tom's stuff, and I think I'm yeah. just going to go pick those issues up when they come out. Yeah,
0: and issue number three he wrote also, and issue number three was awesome, too. I'm just cool. like, just let this guy run with this. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Robin Rise's Alpha, number one, which is the conclusion to the whole Robin Rise's story. And from what I've heard and read, uh, Damien is coming back. Cool. So uh, We have He-Man, the Eternity War, number one, coming out. Uh, and that is the war to end all wars has begun in Eternia. Hordak and the villainous Dark Horde have taken over Castle Grayskull and plan to use it as a weapon to terrorize and rule the universe. Uh, however, resistance is building, led by She-Ra, the Sorceress Tila, and the benevolent warrior He-Man. Sweet. So that should be awesome.
2: I'm, You know, I'm, I'm really surprised and impressed at how... Mini titles that they're putting out that are, that are you know, Master of the Universe related, yeah. and how well they're—I guess they're that they're being received well because they continue yeah. to bring out new series or new mini series, and
0: yeah. that's awesome. And, yeah, and this is going to replace the Master of the Universe ongoing yeah. uh, for this new story arc. Uh, but this is the art's by Popmon Mon, who's yeah. been doing an amazing job. It's still written by Dan Abnett, which is awesome. And uh, the cover for this issue is done by uh, Stepan Sedic. Yeah, who, he's good does an amazing painted look. Uh, But there is going to be a variant cover, which there's a lot of variant covers in D.C. this month, that's being done by Darwin Cook. Oh, yeah, And there's a ton of Darwin Cook covers for D.C. That's their alternate covers. And they're not the variants like where they're higher priced. They're like the 50-50 variants. Right. So, which I like a lot. And I'm a huge fan of Darwin Cook, so I'm getting a lot of his covers. Cool. Um, When we jump over to IDW, uh, I'm not... Sure, I'm interested in reading this, but I wanted to throw it out there because it was definitely in the 80s, which is the Garbage Pail Kids.
2: <laughs> right. There's, there's, a, there's a couple that I might not read that yeah. are 80s related.
0: Yeah, and this is the comic book puke-tacular. Uh there is a blank sk- sketch variant cover, by the way, for this. So oh, be on the lookout for those. Um I, yeah, I I like the Garbage Pail Kids, I love the cards and everything else, but I don't know if I could read a comic book.
2: No, and it was like when I was a kid, it was awesome, because at that age, anything gross is funny. Right. So, I liked it then, but it's like, that's one of those things I've definitely grown out of. Like, I just
0: have no... I still love the cards, I still think the cards are hilarious, they still crack me up, but I think it's because of the nostalgia side of it. Yeah. But, like I said, I'm not going to watch the movie again. Uh, I watched (laughs) it as a kid, and it was horrible. (laughs) And I don't think I would want to read a comic book about it. So. Yeah, I don't think I would. Um, when it comes to turtles, I wanted to throw out there that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Classics Volume Nine is is going to is solicited, and it collects issues number six through nine of the Mirage Studios series, which is Volume Two, it which came out in nineteen ninety three through ninety five, uh-huh. and I think that's when they started getting really weird with the turtles. Yeah, (laughs) so I have volumes one through eight, so I'm looking forward to getting volume nine. So, Um, I I
2: did hear some cool talking with editors. There's some very cool plans for Turtles in the coming year. So awesome! um, uh, I'm excited for what's coming
0: up. Cool, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, in GI Joe news, we've got GI Joe number four will be out of the uh, Karen Travis. Yeah, uh, GI Joe Real American Hero number two hundred nine is has the cover that we talked with Shannon about when John and I did the episode with Shannon where it's the Cobra version of GI Joe number one where they're oh, bla- right. where they're blasting the uh, GI Joe title and everything else. Yeah, it looks really cool. There's also GI Joe America's Elite Disavowed Volume five which is the mm. old Devil's do stuff.
2: Right. What, so. is, what issues are, would be
0: in that, do you think? Um, issues 25 through 30, so it's right before the Cobra War.
2: Ah, I was going to say, I did covers for America's Elite 33, which is all the Cobra characters. Right. And then I think, third, well, okay, it's right in that, 33 or 34. And then I also did a cover with Destro and Baroness. Very and nice. Those were the first two covers I'd ever drawn in my career. Very cool. So that'll be in, I guess, Volume 6, I would assume.
0: Volume 6, yeah. So yeah, this is the one right before uh, Cobra War, which is one yeah. of from that was what a I've, good series. I've heard this is an amazing story. I have not had a chance to read that because I'm
2: I would still say it's one, one of issue. the best that Devils Do put out.
0: Yeah. So I'm missing one issue from the America's Elite and it's in the middle of the Cobra War story, so I don't <laughs> I don't want to re- start reading it and then yeah. be missing that issue. So it
2: was in fact the character designs I did for the plague. Okay. Uh, for that series that got me the job at IDW.
0: Awesome. Um, in Image, I wanted to mention Dream Police Volume One trade is coming out, and I mentioned that because I've read the first three issues of it, and this uh-huh. is collecting issues one through six. It's a really, it's, in my opinion, it's an underrated comic that's out there right now. It's it builds this whole dream world, uh, and this is mm-hmm. the police force that kind of governs it. But they they have like they explain a lot of things that happen in people's dreams. Uh, like it's, it's definitely a world building. Like you have nightmares and you have all these other types of things that play a factor. Um, also outcast volume one is available through image, which is the, uh, Kirkman. This is definitely not for you, Robert. Okay. Right. This deals with demon possessions and stuff, but is one of my favorite comics out there right now. (laughs) Uh, So, Volume one of the trade is out there uh, for order. Um, also, speaking of trades, when we jump to our buddy at Action Labs, Skyward Action Pack Trade Paperback is out, which is all three trades of the Skyward series, which is issues one through nine. So oh, very cool! Not if you didn't get the issues and you didn't get the trades before, you can get all three trades for twenty-five bucks which is a hell of a deal.
2: Yeah. I think I'm going to do that and get them from my wife's uh, class. She teaches fourth grade. Nice. So I'm always on the lookout for nice collected volumes or yeah. have good deals on that kind of stuff.
0: Cool. Um, from boom studios, they're continuing their Kurt Russell uh, <laughs> venture into movies. Cause they're having escape <laughs> from New York. Number one is coming out. Ah, uh, Very cool. So I am definitely going to check that out. Um, so I can't get enough of Kurt Russell. Um and also from Boom Studios, if you didn't get them before, I got all three of them, and I can tell you they're absolutely amazing looking. They're having the Jim Henson novelization slipcase box set,
1: Whoa.
0: which is Labyrinth, the Dark Crystal, and the Storyteller, the books and they're going to be in a slipcase which had I known that was going to come out, I would have waited <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you can get all three books into a slipcase uh, for 50 bucks and cool. I. And I'm sure on DCB service, you can get them even cheaper. Yeah. Um, but the books are beautiful. They're these nice, small, hardbound books. Uh, and they have a lot in, in a couple of them. There's like concept art in them and everything too. Um, and just so people don't think I'm totally a Jim Henson uh, praiser for everything that comes out that's Jim Henson, even though most of the time I am, <laughs> um, I, did re- I they have issue number four of Jim Henson's The Storyteller Witches. I read the first issue and it is probably one of the worst comics I've ever read in my entire life. Oh, dang. There was nothing (laughs) redeeming I could say about it. Oh man, that's rough. And I went into it with super high hopes. Yeah. But the story is all over the place. The art was atrocious. Um, it just was horrible. The art did not help the story at all. Um, It just was a, a, it was painful to, to read now. The good news is is that this is a four issue miniseries and each issue is a different story with a different creative team. Oh, okay. So I'm hoping issue number two will be a really great story. <laughs> <laughs> but if this was if this was the same creative team through all four issues, I would have not enjoyed it at wow. all. Wow. Okay. So yeah, but at least each issue is a completely different story.
2: Which kind of as a quick side. But very quick sidebar. Um,
0: Sure.
2: I happened to watch the first episode of Fraggle Rock. Okay. This last week, just because um, I've been playing the Angry Birds Star Wars.
0: Or not Star Wars, I mean uh, Transformers. Transformers, which is awesome.
2: And they have like this little, (laughs) yeah, it is good. I've been hooked. So they have this really neat little thing where you can click on it and have old shows. Right. You can sit there and watch, like while you're waiting for something or whatever. Right. And just, uh, you know, so it has this whole section where you can play old episodes of Transformers or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it had Fraggle Rock on there. So I, I watched the episode of Fraggle Rock. And it's like, oh, man, it's been so long since I watched it. It was hilarious. Right. I love that show. Yeah, it was
0: fantastic. Up. Yeah.
2: And then I heard just this week, the guy who was, I don't know, the real person in the show, uh-huh. like he passed away this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he was like in his 90s. I mean, he was old. Well, yeah, he
0: was old when he did the show. So I know.
2: So, but, he well, he was probably in his 60s then or 50s right. or 60s. But uh Anyway, so just a little Jim Henson news yeah. there, but I mean, yeah. but it was kind of neat to go back and watch that show. and oh, yeah. the Angry Birds Transformers is a fun game.
0: Oh yeah, and it, if if you are not someone that liked the traditional Angry Birds, where you're like launching some a uh, bird out of a slingshot, this yeah. is not like that at it's
2: all. It's a whole different format. This I
0: is all action. I mean, you're still action. you're still
2: like blasting, yeah. uh, you know, pigs or whatever and knocking down structures, but it's a whole different format.
0: Right, it's a lot more action involved with this. So yeah. Um. Some some of the levels kick my butt.
2: <laughs> it gets tough. I mean, there's a few issues I have with the game. Yeah. Just, But but overall, it's just fun. And yeah. It's a neat kind of mashup that they haven't done.
0: Yep. Um, so, and coming from Devil's Due, because they're back again.
2: Yeah, uh, they've been setting up at conventions and Josh. Yeah. What well, was so funny, Josh Blaylock came in town and he did a signing at a local comic shop here in Springfield. hmm And I either was out of town or I didn't know about it until after the fact. And I was like, oh, man, I would have went down there and chatted with him, but... <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Well, they have a, a comic coming out. It's a four-issue mini that I'm actually very interested in because, just because I'm a sucker for this type of thing. It's called Squirriers, and it's oh. Squirrel Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, in the vein of, like, Secret of Nim and yeah. Mouse Guard and Mice Templar, Right. I'm a sucker for these, like, normal <laughs> animals, backyard animals that all of a sudden – build up tribes and fight each other. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> no, mouse guard is phenomenal.
0: Oh yeah. I love it. Templar.
2: Ma- I haven't read that one.
0: Yeah. That's if you like mouse guard, definitely pick up mice Templar. It's awesome. Four cool. huh? Four is is the epic saga of warring animals in a post-human world. Interesting. As two tribes of animals find themselves on the brink of war Will they survive and find peace or follow humanity into extinction? And the art is a painted art style and it looks amazing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit higher priced book. I think it's it's in the three, four dollar range or something like yeah, that. It might, well
2: it's not but, terribly surprising. Like I that's because, I mean devils do, especially at this point, is a really small independent publisher, so yeah. you gotta expect I mean they're they have to price their books like that. But uh um, Yeah,
0: I'll send you some uh, I'll send you some pictures of the yeah. interior samples that they show. It's I was like, wow, this looks brutal and it looks really pretty at the same time.
2: <laughs> I'll have to check it out. That sounds very interesting.
0: Yeah. Like there's a picture of us on the cover that they're showing here, there's a picture of a squirrel with like blood coming from his teeth and he's holding a club and he just in at his feet is another squirrel that was bashed to death, basically.
2: Could like I don't, I
0: don't but it's not like gory it's not it's not gory yeah. just it looks like um <laughs> imagine Conan as if he was a squirrel <laughs> <laughs> it's that type of violence like
1: I don't
2: know that's interesting I'll have to see what the tone is like I wonder I mean I could I don't care that much but I'm sure some people would be upset about the
0: yeah animals no.
2: killing each other like this but I'm like well I don't know It's.
0: I mean in the sample pages they show another like squirrel like holding a bow and arrow, and, I mean, it's, it's cool, I'm, I'm hooked.
2: I'm going to have to see the art on this, because just, I don't know, it'd be, I, I don't know, yeah, I definitely see it, it I'm going to send you, I'm going
0: to send you some images, so. <laughs> um, and then Dynamite Entertainment's going to have Shaft number one.
2: Yeah, I heard that was coming out, yeah.
0: Yep, and I have to try that, because it's Shaft, I mean.
2: I heard, yeah. I heard IDW's going to have a Gem comic come out, is that?
0: Uh, yes, they are going to have a Gem comic coming out, and I also posted on Facebook. You may have seen that there is a date now for the movie. I didn't see that. The live-action movie is coming out October twenty-third, two thousand fifteen. So it actually comes out next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they've casted the actress that's going to play Gem. I can't remember what her name is, but I looked at pictures of her, and I'm like, okay, I could see her as Gem. <laughs> so. Um. There's going to be a Flash Gordon holiday special from Dynamite, uh, which I've really enjoyed the Flash Gordon comic. Uh, it is ending, but it's only ending so that they can do a reboot of sorts. Uh, Dynamite's going to have uh, some comics all tie into each other. like They're going to do a Flash Gordon with um, Mandrake, and then they're going to have a Mandrake the Magician comic and a Phantom the Phantom comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then a Jungle Jim comic and a Va- uh, Prince Valiant comic, and I guess they're all supposed to kind of relate to each other in the same universe, like they're all part oh, of the same universe. Same. Yeah. So, um, so that's why Flash Gordon's ending is so they can do that. Um, so I'm actually very interested in that because especially Flash Gordon, Mandrake the Magician, and the Phantom were all part of Defenders of the Un uh Defenders of the Earth, which was a cartoon in the 80s. So yeah.
2: No, I. I really don't pick up anything from Dynamite, but, um, I don't know. I'm the more I hear about the, the, what they have coming out. I'm, I'm really intrigued. So I might, they're very might hit, hit or miss. Up. Yeah.
0: They're very hit or miss. Like, cause the, the Voltron comic was horrible. Um, but the Flash, the Flash Gordon comic was awesome, yeah. and the Voltron Robotech comic was okay. Like the art, I liked, but the story was kind of eh at times.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, it's just kind of hit or miss. But I have found comics from Dynamite that I really liked. So, um, in the book section, there is a hundred greatest console video games from 1977 to 1987. Uh. So. I don't think it's something I'm going to pre-order, but it is something that's going to go on my Christmas wish list to my family.
2: Um, is it just like an art book, or what is
0: it? No, it's uh, there have been many top 100 books before, but rarely one like this. Here are the best of the early video games shown in over 400 color photos and described in incredible detail in the entertaining and informative text. Mm.
2: Well, I'm sure, yeah, it's just like kind of the history of it, right? You know, right. as they came out, which were the more popular ones and the right. story behind them a bit.
0: So you've got Atari 2600 games, Odyssey 2, which I never even heard of, and television.
2: What are some of the Atari 2600 games you remember best?
0: Uh, Space Invaders. Or, or I
2: should say, well, just Atari games, because I, I I forget to, to distinguish them from like, there was one or two models, right?
0: Yeah, there was uh, Atari 2600 and Atari 5200, which is on this list also. Oh, okay. Um, but, uh, I didn't ever had the 5,200. I only had the 2,600, which is the original.
2: Okay. That's probably yeah. all I know too. Yeah.
0: So there was like, uh, like I said, Space Invaders was a, a favorite of mine. Yeah. Asteroids. Asteroids, uh, Missile Command, um, Barnstorming. Uh,
2: <laughs> I never, I didn't know that one.
0: Oh yeah. I played Barnstorming. was there
2: one, uh, Pit or something like that?
0: There's Pitfall.
2: Pitfall. That's
0: right. Yeah. I loved, uh, there was a, there was an ET game, which is the historically the worst game ever in sales, and there's actually there's literally a place in the desert where millions of those cassettes were buried uh, because it did not sell. I did own a copy of it, and it is a horrible video game. <laughs> oh
2: my gosh! Did you did you have the Indiana Jones one?
0: I did have the Indiana I Jones. I loved one. that game. I hated that one. What? <laughs> I liked whipping stuff, but as yeah. far as like figuring out the solutions to the puzzles and stuff like that, I was horrible at no,
2: it. No, I remember. I just, I really enjoyed it. Maybe it's because I had older siblings who worked their way through it, and then I was doing it yeah. too. But
0: because um, there was one part where you had to jump off, and then you had to like f- get the parachute so you could oh, float yeah. down into the cave. Yeah, I remember and that. I kept dying because I didn't know you needed a parachute because <laughs> it was before the internet. Now, so. I,
2: yeah. I will say I always had older siblings that would beat me up and play it first. Yeah. Right. So I was never first in line to play any of these games. But the benefit to that is they would go through and figure out how to pass them all. And then I could right. just do it and enjoy it.
0: Right. <laughs> so. Um, so, like I said, that is a book I'm interested in putting on my Christmas yeah, wish list. So um, in Marvel Comics, just a couple things I noted, which is uh, one is Nova number 25. They say it's a good jumping on point. Uh, now I've
2: I haven't been keeping up with it, but I have the first I think three trades of Novan. I've really enjoyed the series up to that point.
0: Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I'm still enjoying it. It's definitely like one of my top of the stack books that I read yeah. whenever I get it. Um, and then there's a Spider-Man and the X-Men number one coming who's out. On,
2: who's on that?
0: Uh, that is going to be yeah, Elliot.
2: I'm so out of the loop right now.
0: I don't recognize either name. The writer is Elliot Kalan, K-A-L-A-N. Uh-huh. And the artist is Marco Fala, F-A-I-L-L-A, or Faya. Yeah, I don't recognize either name, but it sounds interesting to me because, I mean, here's the reason it sounds interesting to me, is because we talked about in Amazing X-Men how they did the issue with Spider-Man and Firestar and Iceman. Yeah. You could do that all day long in this book.
2: Oh, I love it because they just bounce off each other so well. I mean, just like the characters and stuff.
0: And they're doing this because Wolverine is quote unquote dead. And so they can't do the Wolverine and the X-Men book. So this is now going to be Spider-Man and the X-Men. And I guess he's supposed to be a counselor at the school, a guidance counselor at the school. <laughs> I'd read that.
2: I, I'll, yes. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. Cause that's yeah. just the concept. I think
0: it warrants that. Yeah. I mean,
2: he's worked, he's worked as a teacher before. I know this is kind of old, old history. Right. I suppose before one more day, but I could see him in that mentorship role, even oh, yeah. as he is at times.
0: And one other thing, I just wanted to give a shout out when it came to Marvel comics is they do. I really like their Epic Collection line uh, because they're collections of a lot of comics. And yeah, they're a little bit higher price; they're like forty dollars per trade, thirty-five to forty dollars per trade. But you get a lot of issues. So, to give you an idea, they're doing uh, X Men Epic Collection. Uh, it's called Children of the Atom, uh-huh. and it collects X Men, the original X Men series from issues one to twenty-three. For, oh wow. For $35. Wow. And it's just a trade paperback. It's they're in color. Yeah. So I have to get that. Yeah. So I don't know I, if I
2: have any kind of reproduction. I have a few of the essentials, just okay. the first
0: three volumes of the essentials. And see, I have the omnibus uh editions, the big hard omnibus. Oh, ones. yeah. So I already have these issues, but for someone that doesn't, this would be a great way to do it. And I do have yeah. some of the epic collections. Already, I know they're supposed to do some Star Wars ones like that, reprinting some of the Dark Horse stuff.
2: Oh, man, See, that's um, what I'm going to get. Like, I would love to, for my my uh, Star Wars stuff to be more uniform.
0: Yeah. So, um, and they're doing an Iron Man one also called Star Wars, which is collects Iron Man number two fifteen through two thirty two and Annual number nine. So again, you're getting a lot of issues. Oh wow, yeah. In one collection, so. Um, Just a couple last things when it comes to previews. One is I saw in the women's apparel section, there's a T-shirt that says, I love men in uniform and it's a uh, stormtrooper helmet. (laughs) I thought that was great. Get that for your wife or girlfriend. And then last, but certainly not least uh, in the winning category for dumbest replica ever made, especially for the price of it. Is the Back to the Future Two Mister Fusion electronic prop replica, which is the the thing that went on the back back of of the the DeLorean? DeLorean, You throw
2: the garbage in.
0: Yes, three hundred and ninety nine dollars. Oh, What? But don't worry, it lights up. uh, (laughs) It runs on included batteries, so they give you the batteries.
2: Oh, that's
0: nice. And it makes the noises and stuff that. That's stupid. For that price, it should actually do what it did in the
2: movie. <laughs> I, the only props I could warrant possibly buying was the hoverboard. Yes. And the flex capacitor. Right. That's the, the the only two things I could, you know... And the only way I'd buy a flex capacitor is if I owned a DeLorean. You would have to buy that and put it oh. as like your center console or something like that. Just you know to I mean? put
0: it in there, yeah. yeah.
2: It, it would just have to be in there, but... I, and I love Back to the Future. My brother, I think, is just seems to be a little into it even more. And I'm like, but I just don't see. I just whoever, don't, whoever spends
0: that kind of money on that, well, just, I don't, you
2: know, but that said, I mean, I go and, you know, I've got Ninja Turtle statues on my shelf that I don't even want to talk about how much they cost. So, yeah,
0: but that's not a Mr. Fusion thing. Like, you
2: know, I just, I, I learned a long time ago, everybody has their hobby.
0: I guess, you know, and then
2: everybody <laughs> decides to spend their money you know, in different ways. So, like, I never understood the the appeal of, you know, like uh, meeting a celebrity and taking your picture with them. Sure. Like, I, I mean, I understand why people enjoy it, but the amount of money people put into this, yeah. you know, just the travel, then the cost of the photo ops and all that kind of stuff like that is their hobby. They're That's what they collect is a photograph, right. that experience. Right. And they collect that experience, I guess you could say. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they'll spend crazy money on that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, more power to you. I I just think as a celebrity, as another person, I appreciate their work, but I'm right. not gonna flip out when I meet him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and I get it. It's just once they get a Ninja Turtle statue this, on the shelf. This this one is way beyond my knowledge of like how could someone <laughs> possibly look at this and go that I have to own that. I just have to own it. I don't. No. No. Well, and I and guess then. if you want to attach it to your, <laughs> I guess if you want to attach it to your DeLorean car, maybe then.
2: Yeah, see, like, I could see that. I, I you know, that's it too. I'm also, I, I've on on this crazy, uh, 18 inch Optimus Prime that's like yeah. full die cast metal, has like click on parts. I'm like, oh, this sounds so good. And, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm spending too much money on that too. So it's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to be like, Bash somebody else's collectible, but mine is warranted. You know what I mean? Like, like Mine is justified, but yours is stupid.
0: (laughs) But here's the thing. This one, I could get it if it wasn't $400 for it. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't imagine. And if there's a listener out there that you're like, you know what, $400 does not sound too much at all. I would have paid six. Then we need to talk. I
2: don't know, man. Okay, so say you're like crazy into Lord of the Rings, right? Right. How much would you spend for a master replica sword?
0: That's a sword. I can kill someone with it.
2: <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, okay, so as, as much as you are into Lord of the Rings and having right. a sword, which seems cool, what if you are that much into Back to the Future? Well, like and here's- It is the end-all be-all, your number one favorite thing.
0: Right, and that's what I'm saying. If there's somebody out there that says that's a reasonable price, I love Back to the Future, I want to talk to you, not because I want to talk sense into you. I want to hear your reasoning <laughs> behind it. I want to hear, like, here's why I feel I need to have it. Right, I just uh, I just want to hear the reason.
2: Now, let's put it out there, okay, because I would like to hear back on this. Yeah. What is one of the things in your collection <laughs> that you spent more money on than you would like to admit? Okay? Right. Okay. That that you think if other people realized how much you spent on it, you'd be a bit embarrassed about it. Yeah. All right? Okay. So, and and you don't have to say how much. If you want to, no. that's fine. But what is that item in your collection? For me, would, it's it's my Ninja Turtle statues and this Optimus Prime that's on its way.
0: Yeah, I'd have to think about it because I don't know if there's anything that I went, yeah, that was a bit crazy.
2: Well, now and and I have a few items, too, that... Because I work with vendors and a lot of issues, and like I said, I do a lot of trades. I've traded commissions for, and for me, it's just work. You know what I mean? I don't think of it as a monetary value to it. So I have a few, like, you know, few hundred dollar items or, you know, even three, four, five, six hundred dollar items that, like, I've done trade for. So that might have been a hundred bucks out of my pocket or even I I did a straight. Which
0: that's different, right?
2: I look at that a little bit. So money that I spent out of pocket, the sideshow Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle collectible statues.
0: Yeah, I will say, I know which ones for me it would be. It would be my Muppets Palisades figures, because there's a few of them that I did.
2: Yeah, yeah. And the fact that you had, you have the whole set, too, right?
0: Uh, I don't have the whole set. I have the whole, all the play sets. I have all right. those, which those were those are the Yeah, those are the pricey parts. Too. Right. Um, but some so of the you figures, think of it
2: too. As a, I mean, I don't want to get into a whole collection, I guess, because right. that's a limited, that, but that's a limited collection, too. I mean, yeah. how many how many pieces do you have?
0: Um, I have a, over a, well over a hundred. Um, Whoa, what? Yeah.
2: No, how, how many? How many playsets are there?
0: Oh, play sets. Oh, uh, there's six.
2: Okay. Uh, and yeah. then there's the little figures, right?
0: Right. Okay. Oh so, wait, let's see. One,
2: two. Three. Yeah, man, that's that's. Oh, sorry. i You're... There's
0: five five playsets. Okay, play
2: sets. now think about how Daryl Taylor. Right. Thinks of your. Decision to spend money on that.
0: <laughs> right, Daryl Taylor also probably thinks that the Mister Fusion for Back to the Future is ridiculous too.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah. So, okay, no, but I do want to hear from people. I want to, I want to hear yeah. what item in your collection because we um, all have them. We yeah, have them. cost you more than you would like to admit. Like that's what i I'm, I'm interested to hear that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right. So the last, very last thing that I wanted to mention is we are coming up on in January. We are coming up on five years of doing star Joe's
1: mind blown. <laughs> what?
0: January 4th of 2010 is when we put out the first episode of star Joe's. And so this that's January 4th, it'll be 2015. So that's five years. Yep. Um, and what I want to do is I, I do want to have a contest for this, uh, but I also want to put something special out for that particular day, and you guys can help me with that. And if you help me with it, this is how you get entered into the contest. <laughs> yeah. So on January 4th, I want to put out a Best of Star Joes. So I want to put out an episode that is just clips from various shows from the last five years in one episode. Which,
2: i got to say, kudos to you for – willing to do the editing involved in
0: this.
2: But, um, but I you know you obviously have a passion for the show, obviously. Yeah.
0: yeah and absolutely.
2: I, I'm really excited to, to hear this when it comes and, out. I want to hear it. So yeah,
0: and the thing is this show is my baby. So I mean yeah. it's I am happy to put the time into it. Uh, and I figure if I start now I've got, you know, two months to do yeah, it.
2: That's
0: true. Yeah. So um but instead of me going through all of the episodes out there and figuring <laughs> out what's the best stuff, um what I want you guys to do as listeners Mm-hmm. is to – I'm sure there's moments that you remember uh, from the past that, you know at any moment in the last five years. I want you to send an email to podcast at gmail.com of what the moment was. You don't have to get real detail. You just give me an idea. and But you yep. do have to tell me what episode it came
2: yeah, from. Yeah, we don't need timestamps. Right. If you do have timestamps, I'm sure Ryan would appreciate that. <laughs> sure. But if you don't, that's okay. We just need the, the episode and number – and right. the, the general conversation or moment that you liked.
0: Right. Well, like I can tell you right now, Chuck Schwitz's story is going to be in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to make it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, help me because yeah, I could go and do this, but it's going to take me all the whole two months to find all this stuff. Uh, so if you guys can help me, what you want to do is just email starjo's at gmail.com. What the moment was and what episode it came from. And you have until December 15th to send that in.
2: Because he does need time to put this together. Right. <laughs> but obviously, the sooner you can get your suggestions in, the better.
0: Right. Exactly. Uh, the winner will be announced in that episode. So what will happen is, just like in past episodes, you'll email us the idea or email me the ideas of what you know should be in the episode. And all of them will make it to the episode. Yeah. So I, I will get every single suggestion in the episode. So don't feel like if you didn't win that your suggestion didn't make it to the episode. Every single suggestion goes into the episode. Um, And on that episode, I'll have an intro. And in that intro, I will draw a name from a raffle. And that name will uh, be the winner. The only restriction I'm going to put on this particular contest, just because I didn't do it on the last one, is it has to be a, a U.S person yeah yeah
2: domestic yeah
0: because I didn't do it in the last one and I did have I did ship a prize out to Canada which is perfectly fine I was happy to do it uh but it was it was pricey so (laughs) (laughs) but I was happy to do it it was perfectly fine um and but this time I'm going to put because of that this time I'm going to put the restriction that it has you have to live in the U.S. to enter the contest now if you still want to email a suggestion and you live outside the u.s you can just let me know hey i live outside the u.s so i don't expect to be part of the contest but here's my idea for well
2: and, and i gotta say i might um we me and ryan just barely had a chance to talk about this before the show but we um, there might be some additional prizes and i personally wouldn't mind doing uh just an international exclusive winner and i'll mail okay. something out i'd be happy okay. to mail something out so i don't want to exclude any of our listeners okay so let's I will handle a, a prize and winner and we'll do two drawings. You if you could separate those who are yeah. international and those who are domestic and then well but we'll we'll work out more prizes in details in you know in the coming shows. But uh definitely get your suggestions in because they'll be guaranteed winners.
0: So with that, please let me know too if you're in the US or if you're outside right. the US. So So in your email you just have to say which episode, what the moment was, describe it however you wish, and then uh, whether you're US uh, person or an international person um and yeah i'll draw them on that episode and then from that point on it'll be just the best of star joe's and uh so that'll come that episode will come out on january 4th and you got to get your submissions in by december 15th and we'll keep reminding you up until december 15th about that so yeah um but yeah, I just couldn't believe it was gonna be five years. I was like, "This is amazing." I sat here the one day with a laptop, a small little notebook laptop, a microphone, and I'm still using that same notebook laptop and a microphone same microphone. and actually <laughs> wow, held up. Yeah, and Chuck sat across me, and we just started our that's show. Cool. And who we've knew?
1: Got a,
2: we've got a lot of really neat things coming up, but yeah, I think I think that spot, like you're like you're saying, just. I mean, who knew? Who knew that all of this would come from that? Come from that, yeah. and the, the amount of listeners we have, and the community that's been built up, and just yeah. the friendships that have been built—it's
0: just been amazing. So awesome, yeah. So, with that, let me go ahead and give our information out. Uh, first, Robert, how can people find you?
2: Uh, then go to robertackinsart dot com, which has links to all the various social sites I use, which is Twitter, uh, Facebook, and my blog. Just typically, you could also Google search Robert Atkins Art, and all that will come up. Um, and if you're interested in what I'm currently working on, I usually update Facebook and my blog the most. Uh, Good behind the scenes look at work I'm doing and, you know, commissions or sketches, stuff that I've done at shows. So you can definitely get a hold of me there. Just Robert at Robert Atkins Art for my email.
0: Nice. Uh, well, you can find us at starjoes.com. You can find us at the forum for It's a f- free forum. You can join and interact with us every day. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook. Uh, just like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. Uh, you can email us at StarJoesPodcast at gmail.com, and we will read your emails on the air and respond to them. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail. It's 440-941-J-O-E-S, 440-941-J-O-E-S. Uh, again, you can leave a voicemail, and obviously you can tell we're going to play them, and, uh, <laughs> and, and we will respond to those. Yeah. Um, you can also go on the website, which is StarJoes.com, and you can actually comment right underneath the episode and we'll read those comments on the air as well. Um please leave us an iTunes review. We read those on the episode, and we would greatly appreciate it. It gives the show more exposure when you leave us a review. Um and I believe oh, and you can find us on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app for your mobile devices, and you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites on there. I believe that is everything. So with that, we'll set Go ahead and close the show by saying the Force will be with you. Because knowing us, it's half the battle. Take care, everyone. Have a good one. All right. Well, That's going to be another fun long one.
2: <laughs> I know. That, that went longer than I expected. but
0: Well, I even had stuff good. I took out oh I really
2: was, what, what other things did we not go over
0: um, I didn't go over the comic movies that are coming out because there was a whole there was that's a up, true there, there was an
2: announcement
0: there was an announcement of like all the DC movies and all the Marvel ones and then I had four comics that I was going to mention that I've been reading as kind of like a short ammo dump but um, I read uh, The Woods by James Tinian uh-huh. which is awesome um, Birthright which is really you would like Birthright Um, it's like what happens, you know how like there's the typical kid gets taken away to a strange land, becomes the hero of that land. Uh, what happens when he comes home?
2: Oh, interesting. Okay.
0: And he's actually an adult when he comes home and he's been missing for a few years because time travels, time's different. Who's publishing that? That is being published by image.
2: Okay. Yeah. I'll check it out. That sounds cool. And only
0: the, yeah, only the first issue came out and there's an awesome twist at the end.
2: Cool. I'll Uh, probably get that one digitally.
0: Yeah, and then uh, I read Witches, which is not for you.
2: <laughs> yeah, my sister read that, and she yeah. like it's was amazing. raving about it, but I'm like, yeah, I'll pass.
0: It's amazing, but it's super creepy, <laughs> especially the story at the end that um that Scott Snyder talks about where the inspiration for this comic came from, and he talks about being a kid in the woods and everything else, and I was like, I was a kid in the woods at one time, so now you're creeping me out. <laughs> Um, and then the other thing that's awesome is uh, Garth Ennis's War Stories from Avatar. Uh
3: huh.
0: Um, it's written by him and then the art is by Matt Martin, and it's very realistic World War II uh, story, and the art is beautiful. Um, I posted some of the art on the uh, Facebook page one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like pretty gritty. It's basically this new, um. Airman, he enters this one area uh, where bombings are happening and everything else. And as he's supposed to be taking off for a mission, the planes in front of him get hit with uh, a bombing. And he's the only one that survives from his plane. Uh-huh. And that's where the first issue ends is that he's the survivor inside a hospital. So, okay,
1: cool.
0: but it uh, I picked it up because I had heard that. Garth Ennis tells really great war stories. Like yeah, I've always fun.
2: heard that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I was like, well, let me give this a try, and it is really good, and the art is really good. So, mm-hmm. By the way, I sent you the cover for Squawriors and a <laughs> sample page. <laughs> cool, I'll check it out. I'm telling you, you're going to be impressed by the artwork, because <laughs> it's like a painted style. It's, it's, it's a very painted-looking style, but the yeah. cover is a little brutal, but like I said, no more brutal <laughs> yeah. than like a... Than like a Conan cover or something like that. So, yeah. so I'm gonna give it a try because it's a four issue mini. I'm like for four issues, all yeah,
2: four issues. Yeah, we'll, we'll
0: see. We yeah, give it a shot. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, I'm gonna get some sleep. So,
2: all right, cool. Take it easy.
0: You too. Bye. All right.
2: All right.